0: Albuquerque's Macro Aggression, Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Top.
1: 405 here on this Thursday afternoon. I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600, FM, Rock of Talk.com, 550 5500, broadcasting live from the Stanton Hotel. Glad to be here with you on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. don't forget, you can also find us on our apps at Rock of Talk.tv, Rock of Got an exciting show. To bring all of you, I got to tell you, I may have never been more excited about these show notes uh, than I think I looked at the ones that we had here today. D-Dowd Muska, hour one. For the first time, I could also say lots and lots of fun uh, coming straight at you in the ABQ, Dowd. How are you, sir? Uh,
2: I am well, uh, sir. And I think when you come back to uh, if we ever see you back here this way in the Duke City, you're going to like the weather because it's getting real nice out.
1: Yeah. Well, we've got uh, we've had nice weather for the last few days. Uh, I got to tell you, we did not have the snow or any of that type of thing. That's one of the things that I wanted to do. So I'm going to bring some of that weather back here for you. Uh, it's the anti-Connecticut weather. You stated that you were getting a little bit of nostalgic down <laughs> I
3: was. About,
1: Yeah. So anyway, I'm just having the time of my life. I'm here at the uh, Taft Diaz. Um, one of the great things, and I really want to get more into the show and less about where I'm at. We'll we'll focus more on that in the third hour. You can see this amazing painting behind me. I'm like, I want this in the Kiva. It's a (laughs) guy in a tennis setup. It's a guy in a tennis setup with a gun, as you guys can see, in a motorcycle, and he's aiming (laughs) backwards as he's driving forwards. Taking care of business. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. How many things could go wrong in that particular picture? um so it's a little bit of yuppie dumb right here it's just an absolutely gorgeous bar and area where i'm sitting at and uh, no i am dry so you don't have to worry about me i'm not drinking on the air or anything like that but i will tell you i'm really enjoying downtown el paso got a good chance to meet with uh, isaac and the wonderful people who are cleaning up el paso um it is cleaned up for years ladies and gentlemen Chessboards. they've got horseshoes you've got ping pong you've got a dog um extravaganza saturday morning which they're going to have Dowd. i mean it's, it's, it's really exciting things uh they have the russian ballet as i mentioned to you on sunday so i don't think i'm going to be sticking around for that but nonetheless it's going to be a lot of fun so let's delve into it Dowd has prepared um what might be one of the most interesting first hours we've ever had um top to bottom this is good i couldn't stop reading we get to those times where you can't stop reading the stuff like uh, i decimated all his notes i went through them um, i think i scribbled everything from rainbow to red to yellow and green yes and you might have to
2: read some of those quotes because i can no longer see them because they're covered in your your crayon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's the way i work you know i love it because that's a great thing about apple there's going to be a lot of downside to apple i should say this hour people should understand uh, before you hear anything you might want to get rid of your Apple device. You might want to get rid of Silicon Valley, all of that. Uh, but uh, let's kick it off uh, right from the very top, uh, shall we? 550-5500. I did catch up a little bit last night on our uploads for everything. We'll get the other three uh, that are for the week uh, as well. I just want to make sure that everybody knows that when they're subscribing to the Rock of Talk, that everything is done. It's done the right way. It may not always be on time, but I can tell you I've done better just these last month, month or two than I have in the previous uh, year, that's for sure. Um, let's start first with Albuquerque being big tech and being forward-thinking. And you want to talk about what's forward-thinking? Driving revenue for the state of uh, New Mexico and the city of Albuquerque. If it's a dog and pony show, ladies and gentlemen, for the city of Albuquerque, it simply cannot compete with the regional players, including El Paso. Cleanest area, went last night to the, uh, to the park, where both the Chihuahuas share, and that's the El Paso Chihuahuas that that is, the coolest little mascot. I would dare I say the mascot is actually cooler and more identifiable than something called the isotopes. Yeah. I know we thought we were cool for maybe I don't know a year. What's an Isotope? Oh, it's like no, the Chihuahuas is very, very, very cute. And then they share the park with their soccer team and they're not trying to look for a new stadium. The El Paso locomotives, yeah, and wow. I'd probably say it's at least half full Doubt There's probably about seven, 8,000 people, plenty of parking, very safe, uh, totally gorgeous, completely beautiful. Uh, people, you know, a little bit woke, they're offering free vaccinations and the masking as most quote-unquote soccer cultures advocating for that type of thing, as you can imagine, but... You know, nonetheless, you know, one up there, tickets are $22. I'm like, I'm not spending $22 to watch soccer. <laughs> no siree, and especially a team I've never heard of. But the mascot is the locomotives, and there's a reason for all of that. And the reason why the El Paso soccer team is the locomotives is because right through the center of town, one of the things that is may not be known, when we've talked about Mesilla Valley, we've talked about Las Cruces and the Border and all these things, is because the train goes down right through the middle of downtown and we saw these yeah we saw these trains that were right there it's like these big bnsf santa fe trains that were kind of pummeling right through there i'm like Well, here we are, coal, here we are with trains and gas and all these other things. And what really stood out to me is I was waiting for all the wokeness. You know, uh, what's the New Mexico United or whatever they're called? They have their um the curse, and then they're running around in their rainbow flags and their drag queen story hour and all the rest of none of that exists with the El Paso locomotives. In fact, all of the Hispanic lore and history still standing right in the middle of the plaza conquistador right wow. in the middle of the plaza all the history Good of the them yeah there is nothing whatsoever you don't see people posting uh graffitiing trying to overtake the history the proud history that has created this that very very proud place and you know albuquerque prides itself on being woke albuquerque prides itself on being forward thinking albuquerque prides itself on being green albuquerque prides itself on well you know take the flavor of the day El Paso relies on tradition and Dowd, you had some good articles a few days ago when you were talking about values and the difference between Russians and the difference between the U S and, you know, really what identifies us and all that you can call and make the same types of comparisons and what differentiates El Paso and what to, uh, from Albuquerque. And it, it boils right down people who take pride, pride of ownership. I saw a street sweeper. It's cliche to say, Hey, take pride in your work. Isaac, Graduated from Thomas J. Jefferson High School, or Thomas Jefferson High School, and he's a lifelong resident, was telling me his life story. He's the father of a 20-year-old, but it is his duty to keep Pioneer Park, the center square, right, with all of the cleanliness, the chessboards, the... The horseshoes, like it, keep it as clean as possible, Dowd. And it is absolutely gorgeous, Dowd. You would be happy to sleep on the ground. And guess what? Guess what? Guess what? There isn't one person sleeping on the ground because there are zero homeless in downtown El Paso. One person I've seen as being homeless, and that is it, because they have places for them to go and things for them to go ahead and get taken care of, and they stay out of the way. I said there was seven. Banks that sponsored buildings, I stand corrected. That would be eight banks, Bank of America, PNC, uh, Chase. They all sponsor buildings right downtown. And instead of having a uh, 28, 29, 30%, 35% uh, vacant downtown, no, you're looking at probably like Albuquerque does um you know, El Paso is sub 20%. And there's lots and lots of commerce and people having cocktail lunches, you know, uh, brunches, dinners, all that stuff is alive and well. And if you want to see something really cool, check out the cocktail scene. In fact, where I was going to broadcast tonight was going to be a place called the Reagan, the Reagan, ladies and gentlemen, just right around the corner from Stanton, uh, where I'm at here at the hotel. And uh, I'm going to go visit there tonight. But um, cocktail bar after cocktail nothing bar. named reagan
2: would ever be allowed in downtown albuquerque <laughs> you know
1: that's exactly what came to my mind out. is it just didn't seem like it would be and, and i got to tell you um it's a very sophisticated uh upscale uh, but with a very comparable demographic um you see the the you know the, the the place behind me this is just one of the hotels you can see it right there that's the basic lobby that's there in the stanton hotel that stands right behind me and then just some very sophisticated art pieces. I mean, um, I've stayed in the the oldest hotel, Conrad Hilton's first hotel, you know, and I'd probably say that that's probably the finest hotel. But probably one of the worst restaurants I've ever been to is that Spanish uh, restaurant that's there. Um, You can spend two hundred dollars and you'll get like three pieces of meat and have somebody tell you about it. And they're happy that someone got on some national food network. The Caesar salad right on down to the charcuterie and all the various other things that they have here. I mean, really, really uh, leveled up. So El Paso is probably a few levels up on Albuquerque. I would invite every single person to, you know, come down, take the 260-mile jaunt down, and uh, come to Texas. Now, and the point I wanted to get to was Dowd's article, where the city of Albuquerque itself is celebrating. What are they celebrating? What are they getting excited about? Well, they're forward-thinking. They're green new energy. They're woke. talk about diversity and all these things and they're putting out their big press releases on this yet once again albuquerque is a smart city well if it was a smart city it wouldn't be giving away free bus passes after it spent 130 million dollars on deciding to go ahead and upgrade that and they wouldn't have to tell people to go ahead and open up your businesses here or recruit them they would want to come here texas is open for business new mexico is closed for business and i gotta tell you i was looking at this uh this was absolutely hilarious it says They're bragging about a populated enclosed site with transportation streets, sidewalks, buildings, lightings, and green space infrastructure to create a controlled testing area in a real world environment. And I looked at this and I said, nothing could be further from the real world than downtown Albuquerque, New Mexico. Nothing could be more practical and real world than downtown El Paso. Albuquerque is trying to be Tucson. It should try to be more El Paso than it needs to be Tucson and there's no way albuquerque can ever be a phoenix nor would it want to be strip malls and various other shopping plexes with overpriced housing and uh dare i say it's sort of cliched types of uh, uh enclosed neighborhoods i'm not a big fan of, of phoenix but i am i am and very affordably priced el paso is a much much better city than that in doubt I, I i went down here um to quote the award winners, there's no doubt that this was bought by the city of Albuquerque. You know they paid good money, Dow, to get this award. Would I be incorrect in saying that?
2: Uh, there's some real, uh, let's just say the PR community uh, knows how to get things done. <laughs> yeah.
1: So here, here it is. This is <clears throat> SCNAA. I've never even heard of that. Is that something? <laughs> you know, whatever this is. It says, now in its fifth year, our annual SCNAA have become a benchmark for how smart cities can successfully catalyze the digital transformation. What the hell? We couldn't even get scooters to work six months after we bought all those damn scooters. What could be? We... There's scooters all over downtown El Paso. I jumped on one earlier for like three bucks. I rode all the way around. Safe yeah. as can be, not a single thing I have to worry about and not having to dodge homeless people. Uh, it says they can successfully catalyze the digital transformation of urban ecosystems to produce systemic environment doesn't just sound like just total BS yep. Yep. financial and social outcomes winners winners including Albuquerque represent those forward thinking municipalities that have implemented emerging technologies in collaboration it's like tim keller and his staff wrote this specifically oh, yeah. yep. for them to, to to boomerang it back to the rest of the population to keep bsing you to tell you how great albuquerque is with the public did did uh, emily howard and the group over at uh, stop bagging start bragging write this for them and ecosystem partners to make cities more livable and offer new services and economic opportunities There couldn't be less economic opportunity uh, than there is in the city of Albuquerque compared to what you have in El Paso, Tucson, Phoenix. It's not
2: livable for the people being murdered in in Albuquerque. (laughs)
1: That's right. Well, we're at 31 today. We are thrilled. They're thrilled to acknowledge this significant achievement. And, oh, here's their their final part where they really want to start bragging. A remote streetlight. Does anybody need a remote for a damn streetlight? We just need the streetlights to be on and work on timers a solution for mobile Wi-Fi have you tried to find hotspots anywhere in downtown Albuquerque it's stupefying
0: I have that's that's how I do my internet <laughs> I know what place, it is the only place I can find one is at the library and on the
1: Plaza itself that's ah. true that is true Doing that's heroin the only, yeah, the that's library. yeah a sound <laughs> detection system what kind of sound? what are we talking about a parking reservation system Who's taking? Why would you have to take reservations for parking? When going the convention centers like twenty percent. Eric works over at the convention center right now. Eric, you have like three different seasons that you're busy. The rest, it's pretty much empty. You guys are like twenty percent uh, occupied, and an energy—I don't know what energy harvesting is. Yeah,
2: but, I need to find out more about
1: that. But yeah. we got to figure out what that is. So, Dowd, great article, and this, of course, the officialdom of cabq.gov.
2: You paid for it, folks. Yeah and you know funny I, I, the reason i highlighted this i actually put it in our, our um, daily blast today and governments are always releasing press releases where they're, they're they're you know touting all their achievements and it's easy to just sort of ignore something like this but when you read through it as i do most of these things uh you, eddie just highlighted the uh, <laughs> the most pregnant parts of this of this media release and it's just this nonsensical boilerplate hipster language about livable cities and green spaces and creating ecosystems and it, you know, and contrast that with the reality on the ground that we know here in Albuquerque, particularly downtown, in terms of the city. And uh, I, I just it, it's it boggles my mind. I'm all for municipal governments getting smarter and using technology, but let's get smarter and use that technology to fill potholes, to reduce crime to, uh, you know, pr- promote fire prevention, all the sort of meat and potato stuff that cities used to do. This is ideology fused with technology. And we'll we'll be getting into tech, uh, some more tech a little a little bit later. And just don't be fooled, folks, by this. Uh, these are just people self-congratulatory, whatever the hip buzzwords are of the moment, uh, throwing it out there and calling yourself a forward-thinking municipalities. Albuquerque regulations out of control, high taxes can't control its crime. If there's any more city in America that's more backward-looking, I don't know that you could find one. Um, and this organization that gave them an award, as Eddie said. Uh, these things are often just uh, vaporware, as they say, and it's it's shameful, and and you're paying for it, folks.
1: Hey, Dowd, what is the SCNAA? <laughs> it sounds like a bowling league. Have you noticed well, the bowling yeah. leagues or those athletic leagues? They always have the five letters. If it's a government agency, it's a three letter, and if it's a radio station, it's four letter. But that acronym, what is the what is uh, the SCNAA? It's
2: the Smart North America Initiative, mm-hmm. uh, and it is. Uh, I guess these awards are given out by the International Data Corporation, the premier global provider of market intelligence, advisory services, and events for the information technology telecommunications and consumer technology markets. I guess they're, the uh that that dreaded word that eddie and i are not fans of consultants there we go Uh, it's the
1: worst word that's out there because it means a whole lot of bs 422 here in the kiva eric's going to take us out i hope i'm coming through loud and clear i'll forward the phones we'll take your calls today we'll 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 attempt to and uh, see how that goes uh Please take off Channel 3 on the call if you don't mind, Eric, and Eric will take us out here in the Kiva. Hour one, a lot of fun, when we return, we're going to get to some pretty cool stuff, which also includes tech, uh, a lot of barring, a lot of censoring going on, and then, um doubt, <coughs> I can't believe I'm about to say this, but... Um, what really drives Silicon Valley? I guess uh, Silicon Valley is uh, actually silicon. It is sex parties, and we'll talk not, about that not for the that, kids. Uh, no, that, as well. That's enough. Yeah, 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 this kids. is you <laughs> might want to mute that one for the kids. Uh, Four twenty-three back and forth. AM sixteen hundred KAVBQ FM Rockertalk dot mm-hmm.
3: <laughs>
1: 427 here in the My name is Kendrick Lady Q.FM and Rock uh, I believe that is music from The Great Escape, according to Eric and I guess it was on this day back in 1944 right now that uh that happened so uh, you can find that if you're a subscriber directly at rockoftalk.chat that's rockoftalk.chat let's jump into it uh, shall we 550 50 500. I've uh, forwarded the phones if you guys want to go ahead and jump on that uh, I can still hear it by the way so we're still escaping from the uh, great escape but this is important um because folks it's about big tech and big bullies, Dowd. I'll let you lead the way on all this, but boy, I could not stop reading these. Just the, de- I mean, top to bottom. Uh, big tech, they want you dead, uh, and they—if they disagree with you, you are shut down, Dowd.
2: Well, you're certainly dead digitally. Uh, you know, we're we're all. Uh, well, many of us live online. Maybe, maybe some of the Americans live too much online, but we've had the last few days. It's been kind of a an orgy of slaughter fest for people on the right uh, being taken out by big tech and it, it includes Twitter. And it also includes YouTube, which is owned by Google. Uh, and I am really, really trying to use more duck, duck go, but apparently there may be some issues with them too. Maybe I need to move on to a third uh, search engine, but the Babylon be a very funny uh, uh, as of October. I've been in this business professionally for 30 years. Conservatives generally are not good at satire. They are not funny. The Babylon be is a, shining example uh of the opposite of that uh they basically i think have taken over from the onion in terms of satire in, in our american society uh oftentimes they they're so good at satire and, and ridiculing the left that what they predict uh or story they run fake story actually becomes a version of reality uh not not too many weeks or, or months down the road uh they have been uh, locked out of their twitter account uh for a tweet when they called <clears throat> a particular let's say um Biden administration official, uh, man of the year. Uh, they called Rachel Levine the man of the year because, um, well, I guess, uh, Rachel Levine is a man who identifies as a woman, and I think a lot of us have heard about that story. So uh, they got shut down. They've gotten some defense from uh, some prominent politicians, of course, Jim Jordan. Uh, the Babylon Bee can't tweet, but the Kremlin can. Uh, a little throwing a little anti-Russian. Uh, Republican orthodoxy there from Jim Jordan. Uh, Twitter hates comedy, truth, and free speech, according to Ted Cruz. Now, the Babylon Bee's editor-in-chief said one of the jobs of the satirist is to poke holes in the popular narrative, but Twitter's rigging the system so you can only promote it, Uh, says uh, uh, Mr. Mann, uh, editor-in-chief Kyle Mann, uh, promoting uh, the conventional wisdom. This makes it difficult, if not impossible, to use comedy to speak truth to power, and I think the editor there, Eddie, makes a really good, Uh, point in terms of defying tradition going back to medieval times of the satirist, the jester, even the Mm -hmm. fool. And oftentimes you had the guy on the throne there who who would have your head cut off, no due process if you just offended him, but it was always the jester or the fool who could speak the truth. Mm -hmm. Uh, And maybe there was some uncomfortable laughter in the court Uh, But the king sort of allowed that be uh, to one uh, comedian uh, to satirize the the folly of of the uh, the administration, (laughs) the monarchy. And And one of the
1: great things I think it's important is that statement is 100 percent accurate because ridicule is probably the best way to go ahead and make an argument because you can't contest it. Things again, we have to talk about the nature of humor and things are funny, let's all say it with me, because they are true. When it's recognized in a comedic room, and and we don't know what comedy is anymore, folks, but when everybody is laughing at the same time, at the very same thing, somebody has hit upon a truth note at that point. And ridicule often has identified exactly what that is. That's why it's so like sort, sort of earth shattering at times when, you know, there's a little bit of a switcheroo about, you know, Saturday Night Live deciding to go ahead and Go a little bit less woke and go after one of its own and people are like well that's a big deal and the reason why it's a big deal is because people are realizing that they're turning that satire and that ridicule towards themselves because they can no longer ignore it and try to pretend with this uh sort of other uh type of narrative doubt
2: yeah uh we're gonna we're, we're even down in, in our pipe here we have even some more information on comedy where john cleese was attacked uh, we're gonna uh, get into that delve into that even further but what happened with the Babylon Bee, it, it's had this cascade effect because the people who've been retweeting that or defending the Babylon Bee, they're being deplatformed. So you've got Tucker Carlson kicked off of Twitter. You got Charlie Kirk uh, suspended from Twitter. Uh, I guess all, all Tucker said was uh, both of these treats, tweets were true in terms of Mr. Levine uh, being biologically male and, and claiming to be female. Uh, it, Beyond that, though, uh, CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, I think Eddie, you, you probably know more about yep. this. Stuff too. They don't. They're holding it in Florida now, not in D.C. To uh, reward our, our deep blue elites, they're actually. Hold, I think the last couple of years they've held it down in Florida mm-hmm. for Rona and uh, you know right to work and no income tax purposes. But they have had uh, YouTube, owned by Google, uh, has had several. They removed several hours worth of the live streaming video from CPAC, and of course, big tech doesn't want to be. There's doesn't want this information to get out. Right. Uh, according to, let's see, uh, Mr. Schlapp, <clears throat> regardless of your personal beliefs and those of your senior leadership, not to mention your absolute liberal bias, there remain very serious questions about the way the 2020 election was conducted. That was the material they removed. Uh, removing our content does not erase those questions, no matter how hard you try. Indeed, it is telling you offer no evidence that would demonstrate any falsity in the content you censored. Uh, according to columnist, Rachel Bovard, a tech columnist, Uh, In a matter of weeks, big tech platforms have banned speech identifying biological men as women, removed video of a sitting U.S. senator criticizing uh, them, banned a new service for streaming a speech from former President Trump, and changed policy to allow calls for assassinations as long as they're against Russians. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, listen, we've, we've spent a lot of time on big tech the last couple of years, but it seems like things hadn't been quite so intense just within the last week or so. Eddie, they have stepped up their game, and they are shutting our voices down
1: well as the closer you get to the truth the more they're going to turn back and try to flip it the other way because it's got the reaction has to be hyperbolic and uh, you and i know that but you know for the people who are going to and from work and dealing with the day-to-day they're not quite as aware of this so you know it's hard to kind of catch the nuance and the humor let's go back to tucker for a second because i think if we start there and then go to, to cpac people can sort of get a better idea of the graduated way in this in which this goes i mean these are facts They're literally quoting facts in Twitter, and then they're getting shut down for exactly what they said was already true. Carlson was commenting about the suspension, as he just said, of Rachel Levine, and he said both of his tweets were true. That is the problem. The problem is is your free speech is getting suppressed not because whether or not it's true or false which is the whole idea of censorship you should only be censored if what you're saying is true or false because it's quote unquote where's this ben ray lujan misinformation bill that's coming in think about that no it's not that it's it's a a, it it disagrees with their narrative and the social media here's the part that you're going to hate especially if you're you know joe q public out there the social media company said that carlson would have to delete his tweet, folks, a truthful tweet, and be suspended for 12 hours in read-only mode before obtaining control of his account again. As far as I'm concerned, it's not his account. It's an account with his name, at which point he needs to just surrender it entirely and do what the Rock of Talk and, and the Dow 3000 do, which is don't give any more credence to these social media companies, period. Tucker plans to address this on the show tonight. This is about control. Control the narrative, control of what they deem to be okay or truthful in their eyes. And his producer says, we're not deleting anything. Truth is not hate speech. The cost of telling truth is the loss of our Twitter account, then so be it. Why wasn't Tucker Carlson getting rid of his account when Jack Dorsey was starting his assault on Trump? That's what I wanna to know. To me, that's more important. It's why we stood up for Trump, it's why we abandoned all of this stuff from, from the beginning, if your conservatives have Twitter accounts, if your conservatives are out there on social media, on Facebook or anything, in my opinion, they are not conservative. Let me repeat, if your conservative guys, quote-unquote conservative guys, okay, are on Twitter, Facebook, or any of the other social media, they are not Conservative. Those are not platforms, folks. There's nothing good that can be communicated on that. If you're gonna use Telegram, I understand. Okay, that's slightly different, but anything else, uh, really unnecessary. Now let's slip on over to where we started getting banned when we started two years ago, Dowd. And that of course was on the on YouTube. How many of our stuff got deprogrammed and deplatformed yep. on YouTube? Yep. I won't put anything on YouTube, and we know what YouTube is, and, and YouTube purged all of the CPAC videos. I asked the question why didn't cpac build its own and no rumble is not a quote-unquote conservative platform it has all sorts of stuff but that should not be branding itself as a conservative platform because it becomes so myopic that the only people that are going to be paying attention is to conservatives how are you going to convert people outside of the conservative norm if all you're doing is focusing on conservatives in the first place Right, right and here's the important part the google owned big tech company youtube google your searches on youtube Removed all of CPAC on 2020. Why is CPAC leveraging YouTube? That's the question. We need to do a better job as conservatives overall, from Tucker right on down to CPAC, to, to deplatform ourselves and say we're not going to use this as our measure. You know where? You know why Donald Trump got elected? It's because of AM radio, folks. It's because of conservative radio and people having a conversation going forward. Here it is, the final thing. Uh, banned speech identifying biological men in a matter of weeks. Big tech platforms, as Dow just said. Identifying biological men as men. Removed a video sitting U.S. senator criticizing them. Banned a news service for streaming a speech from a former President Trump. And then changed policy to allow for calls for assassinations. Here's the worst part about this whole entire thing. Rachel Bovard, who's pushing her stuff on YouTube, says they were focused on the harms of big tech. Now, what's stupider knowing that YouTube, Google, Twitter, and everybody are, are enemies of us, and yet we want to go ahead and leverage our platforms on those, um, leverage our message on those platforms? Are we at fault for that? Yes, we are. Any conservative who decides to leverage that, are they at fault for doing it? We already know who the enemy is. Why do we continue to go down this? this route. And I think it's so important for us to kind of understand, like the Federalist. Stop trying to act like victims, Federalist. Why are you the victims? You're not the victims. Why are you pushing your crap out on Twitter? Twitter started censoring our listen to this whiny Federalist post. I read this and I started laughing. And I know Dow is probably looking at this like, Oh, yeah, we have a right to go ahead and be on Twitter. We have a right to why would you want to be? What's the purpose? Twitter, this is their whiny, this is a Federalist learning how to be liberals. Twitter started censoring posts from the Federalist on Wednesday, diverting our users who clicked the Federalist content to a landing page, warning that links may be unsafe. Do it right back to them. Stop whining. Do the very same thing back to them. Twitter did not immediately respond to our inquiry. They don't have to, it's Jack Dorsey. We're going to tell you about just how bad these people truly are in our next segment. Folks, these are not people who you want to go ahead and get your message out. This would be me telling you to go on a diet and then telling you the only place you can do it is at McDonald's or Kentucky Fried Chicken. Let's think about that for a second. As conservatives, you got to be smarter. Deplatform yourself. Pay no attention. Pay no credence. They're making money on you. I believe at the time that I left Facebook... You're worth $54 to every Facebook. Every Facebook account is worth at least $50 or $154. Twitter, I think it's like $28. I I don't know. There's all these numbers that are out there that have the metrics. They're making up money on you. You're the meat grinder. You're the meat in their meat grinder, and you're allowing yourself to be used. You cannot be conservative if you're leveraging those platforms. It's as simple as that. Doubt,
2: It's been frustrating for me, and I don't want to call out my fellow non-progressives, but boy... If you're looking at, what, Parler and Getter and MeWe, i started up uh, uh, rockoftalk.chat accounts with all these other, uh, these new alternative social medias, but people just are sticking with the old guard. And every time I try to, every time I have started an account, uh, we've gotten nowhere near the kind of attention you get when you stay on one of the big platforms. Eddie had me a year ago. It, it's March. Uh, it was. It's been one year since I ended my personal Facebook and my personal Twitter, and uh, I'm still alive. Uh, I, I actually think I have better relationships with people, Eddie, because mm-hmm. I make a point to. If I take a funny picture of the dogs in the morning, the people who really <laughs> matter to me. That's right. There's
1: two or three of them.
2: Perfect. I'm going to send it to my mother, and she <laughs> My dad's not exactly Mister Tech. She'll show it to my father. I'll send it to my sister over in Scotland. I'll send it to my nephew. And we have this thing called email, folks, that you can communicate with the people who really matter. Uh, you know, 95% or more of my friends on Facebook, I would never even met these people. Um, Twitter's a little different because I, I process so much information throughout the day that it, it was nice to have those links coming in every day to when somebody releases a report or there's an article. But certainly in the case of Facebook, uh, I have my life has not suffered uh, in, in any possible way eddie kept saying over weeks and weeks and weeks you can't be a conservative and i would argue be just a free thinking any type of person conservative libertarian centrist and allow yourself to be a revenue source for these very very evil companies uh, i walked away I'm, I'm i live i live to tell the tale but eddie put his money where his mouth was uh he started a website called rock of i'm very happy to say eddie that more and more people are commenting on, on our questions of the day We ask uh, at our 4 a.m. email that goes out. People are just sort of weighing in with their perspectives and and their experiences. And so I'm I'm very, it's not just my sister in Scotland uh, talking to me. There's other people, our subscribers weighing in. We have to build our own communication systems. And some of us have actually done that. And, And folks, I know you love getting the latest cute little graphic or video on Facebook, but... Uh, these are deeply evil companies. They don't believe in free speech, uh, and I agree. They're private companies. If they have the ability to shut things down, you signed the terms of, of use uh, agreement uh, when you when you came in. You probably just hit the check button and didn't think about it like most people. Uh, they are they are private companies. And I walked away. Eddie walked away. We kind of built our own thing. We we hope you come in and come in and join our platform. And I use this example, Eddie. A couple months ago, we had a, a dispensationalist, very pro-Israel guy post post on our on our forum. And I have so much of that cancel culture has seeped into everyone's brains that I almost hit the delete post for his post, uh, and I said, "No, this is a free speech forum." And I, go. yep. I got back to him and I said, "You know, here's some links that might uh, educate you a little bit more about where we're coming from. Uh, we do people who believe what I believe, where we're coming from. It is a a, a true free speech platform, Rock of Talk Chat. That chat, C H A T, means you interact with us. So even if it's not Rocket Talk Chat, look into alternatives. Stop." helping the Jack Dorseys and the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world. These are truly rotten folks.
1: Well, the other way to think about it, and I'll just put it simply, is this: just strong virility, and you need people. Folks, these apps are for children. If children are using it, why are you as adults on it? If you're leveraging and getting a Facebook account or an Insta account or a Space Face or whatever, uh, what is it called? Snapchat, sorry. I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Grow up. Grow up, get away from that. Grow up, get yourself an AM radio. How about that? And actually interact like a human
2: being. I was at a restaurant and a uh, big family, I like six or seven kids with parents. It looked like a nice family, but boy. Uh, all phones, all phones. The kids were all staring at their phones. And then one kid said something about, oh, mom, I just found a great TikTok video to send you how about you go take a walk in the woods with mom? How about mom takes you to the pool? Uh, You know, how about mom takes you to karate lessons or whatever, and maybe a little less digital and and maybe a little more real human interaction. How about you walk across the table and just show her your computer? That's
1: right. Well, uh, one of the great things I like about Eric, he doesn't know is he doesn't even own a computer, which makes it extremely challenging for me to sort of show him how to do things. But here he is. He's got a guitar. He doesn't have a mobile phone. He had a flip phone when he came in. I'm like, That's my guy. Eric, take (laughs) us out if you would. 550-5500 if you want to go ahead and uh, call or text in. That's 550-5500. 445 here in the Kiva when we return. I am broadcasting live from the Stanton House. It is a hotel, gorgeous lobby, wonderful people, great hospitality in the great city of El Paso, Texas, in the great state of El Paso. One of the things I want to do, and I might try to do it tomorrow, is... uh, I might try to make an international broadcast by broadcasting directly across the border. We might try to do that, so we'll see if we can get that done uh, for you. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in back and forth right here in the Kiva. Amen. Mm-hmm. 451 here in the kiva is uh, is it me or is it today a van halen is that what we're hearing by the way you can find us directly at 550 5500 love that photo behind me uh, thanks everybody for tuning in listening uh, as always right here in the kiva uh eric if you don't mind uh, flashing on and clicking on that uh, screen again so everybody can see the ways to connect to us You can do so via podcast if you want uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. Yeah, we're tech forward, but we control our own platforms. And ladies and gentlemen, you can always find us directly at the app that I made. Yes, rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com, and Dowd's app, rockoftalk.chat, 550, 50, 500. Let's jump into it, shall we, Dowd? Because I think it's important for us to understand who these terrible human beings are that run these tech companies. And I mean terrible in the sense that these are not people you'd want to hang out with. And uh, I I sort of had fun with Dowd because and this is going to take us well into our second hour, folks. This is not stuff that you can just sort of gloss over and say, oh, oh, I think I get it. And uh, there's sex parties and People with money have sex parties and like no it's way more advanced than that folks this is uh this is some gross and very disturbing things that uh, everybody needs to uh pay attention to uh everybody should know i'm broadcasting live from the stanton house in downtown el paso that of course is a wonderful beautiful hotel uh, across the street from some of the best made tacos i've ever had truly breaded themselves los fidex uh, tacos they were absolutely amazing Today I I enjoyed myself uh, a a tremendous Caesar salad made with never had these before. Dowd dried anchovies, dried anchovies. Yeah, really good, crisp, crispy anchovies. Little (laughs) fishies. Enjoyed that. And then uh, what else did I have? Uh, I don't know. There's so much. I'm trying to think of what I had. It was. It was also. Oh, I had. I said a charcuterie board. So there we go. Okay. So take a listen, folks. This is kind of incredible. So there was this reporter. Her name is Lori Siegel. Okay, and it's sort of like you sort of feel like uh, that movie, uh, Almost Famous, right? You know, he's got this kind of opportunity to report on the rock and roll bands. And suddenly he's thrust into this world that he had no idea, you know, and his mom, Frances McDormand, her son's all grown up now and hanging out. And we don't want him to get into that concert because there's sex, drugs and rock and roll. And Laurie is that reporter. Um, but instead of going across the country with uh, a couple of different bands and hanging out with Kate Hudson, um, or as, uh, she is affectionately known in the movie, Penny Lane, uh, we have got an entirely different thing altogether that has happened. And thank you. And, um, as you look at this, Lori Siegel, 27 year old tech correspondent for CNN. I think she thought she was going to be whisked away into this unbelievable world out where she was going to be nothing but regular, normal people who just have a penchant for, I don't know, tech and visionary. various other things. Oh, the visionaries. They're in the
3: future today.
1: Yeah, well, um, <clears throat> they're very visionary, by the way, and very visual, uh, folks. Uh, she ha- was given a tour of sex dungeons in silicon valley thinking that uh well she's gonna run into normal people anything but in fact she ran into a dominatrix Uh, i don't know who the dominatrix is for albuquerque but i'm sure in that whole crazy land of i don't know childhood story times for drag queens and all the other stuff that she'd probably run into one this one was madame rose as uh, she got put into a number of different things Uh, i took siegel on a tour of private clubs adorned with swings leather restraints silver chains and at least one device designed to give low-grade electric shocks whatever that's about but these contraptions despite appearances weren't typical toys everything in here is high-tech and uh folks uh earmuffs as they say in the uh, movie with uh uh, vince vaughn and uh yeah everything in here is high-tech Special characters, my adventure with tech titans and misfits is the book. Here yep. it is. Gas masks outfitted with apple earbuds, designed by one of the for her one of her highest tech clients. A large iron cage was constructed with perfect proportions to a jail sale from Alcatraz. Uh, and then by the way, it's all constructed perfect proportions for her tech clients these are people who paid for this type of domination it says where do you think all the apple engineers get their creative inspiration she said i locked them up for the weekend yeah these are the people who are making your devices and this is what uh they expect you to do with them i suppose siegel uh joined cnn uh, back in the day in 2013 she'd hoped to make her mark by Covering the same tech entrepreneurs, Dad. I hope you like my rainbow underlining. I was meeting in dive bars and tech meetups, she says. I wanted to write about the people no one else was paying attention to. Oh, yeah. Only you, Siegel, were allowed in. The ones the world had yet to notice. And we've noticed them in a number of different ways, uh, folks. Uh, here are their who's who of the clientele or the types of clientele. Big names. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, Jack Dorsey of course, of Twitter, Kevin Seistrom of Instagram, and Travis Kalanick of Uber amongst the uh, quote-unquote clients. Siegel stated that the parties were her quote-unquote secret weapon because the gossip flowed as freely as the drinks at one fancy gathering overlooking Central Park, she stated. She overheard a drunken venture capitalist mumming, TweetDeck selling to Twitter for $40 million. She had that ahead of everybody else. By drinking till dawn with the deal makers themselves, she often invented being up the first to report on such deals. She states, much of modern tech was about sex and experimentation and pushing the boundaries of what's considered healthy sexually. Now, imagine conservatives going out there saying that they're going to be leveraging Twitter, Facebook, and then crying about the fact that they've been censored on these platforms like how can you say you're conservative if you're on any of these platforms folks and Dad, I'm going to have you sort of take us out because we're going to continue down this because this actually delves straight into various lists of quote-unquote clients being published in New York at the highest paid liberal arts college in the entire country Sarah Lawrence and we'll delve into that as well but your thoughts on the inception there is was eager to hear why you included this in uh, in our notes
2: well, it's very difficult uh, for me to uh, have any sympathy with our elites, our cultural elites, our financial elites, our tech elites, when they want to denigrate anyone who says, boy, there's some real corruption and creepiness about the people who kind of run our societies and our economies and the international situation. Uh, it's when these kind of stories keep coming out, Eddie, the uh, eyes wide shut people who think that the, you know these kind of crazed creepy cultic stuff happens you know in in big mansions in the hamptons um we keep hearing more and more about this kind of stuff uh the nexium cult the epstein connections uh we're going to get into in the next hour as you said this creepy sex cult out of sarah lawrence college and its connection to very prominent new yorkers in one of the most prominent cities on earth uh you can poo-poo all these people as conspiracy theorists and kooks for believing this But these reports continue to come out about all these kind of crazy cultic sex stuff you guys are into. So uh, the way to stop all this is to maybe not do this anymore. And then a lot of people won't have their suspicions about you. Uh, These are being reported by reputable publications. No one's making this up. So uh, curious to me, Eddie. Very, very curious.
1: This is a CNN reporter reporting on her own, uh, by the way, about her own, to her own. And when it gets to that level, it is mainstream. Back up the top of the hour news. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Right here in the Kiva, AM 1600 KIV, the ABQ.fm rock of talk.com hour two just for you and me. The Doubt makes 3 coming up. This is Thank the Rock of Talk, AM 1600, today. KIVA, Albuquerque. Albuquerque's macro 5.05 and the 5.05. I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk at AM 1600, KIVA, BQ.FM, RockofTalk.com. Hour 2 coming at you, not from the ABQ, but from the Stanton Hotel in el paso texas you can find us directly on roku tv amazon fire and apple tv podcasting on stitcher soundcloud and spotify don't forget you can download the apps directly at TV and rockoftalk.com. don't forget to become a subscriber at Chat. eric please remove the screensaver i'd appreciate it and uh, we've got uh hour two we'll continue uh with this uh, sort of amazing story and thank you uh, don't forget uh ladies and gentlemen uh, you can get links to all of this uh, great information Uh, directly from our show notes uh, by becoming a subscriber as well, so you can pass these articles along via email instead of your stupid social media, because who would want social media that would look like this? uh, Dow, just uh, very comical stuff, Dorsey, Zuckerberg, the game's all here, and apparently they love their little sex parties.
2: Uh, The book, ladies and gentlemen, is Special Characters, My Adventures with Text Titans and Misfits. That's what we're just uh, reading some excerpts from the New York Post. Uh, I think it was last week, ran ran an excerpt on the more creepier aspect. And once again, you're talking, as Eddie said, this is a CNN producer uh, speaking to, in the early days of what became our mega-mega tech uh, empire, people like Zuckerberg and Dorsey. These are not small people. And uh, we are not doing this for the salaciousness of it. We are doing it this community has become so immensely powerful and maybe we ought to know kind of what's behind these people what motivates what uh, what floats their boat so to speak
1: i think it's also important to note um that these are the people that you oftentimes complain about about not being able to use their platforms about decensoring or deplatforming people like donald trump let's not forget all the various uh, ways in which they slandered uh, donald trump during that time uh, saying that he had strange relationships with people in Russia. Um, there was a very important legal. I talked to my attorney out in Alabama today and in Texas, uh, the people who represented me in my CD1 race with the election fraud also happen to be Donald Trump's attorneys. And uh, just today, in fact, uh, Dowd's gonna be uh, leveling through 100 pages of that as he sort of skips through, but uh, that actually has some legs because as of today, it looks like Donald Trump and that uh, fake Russian steel dossier um, they have uh, a RICO statute a lawsuit with uh, undetermined number of damages, where Donald Trump might be able to get a pretty good footing. So, the guy's not over yet, folks. If he's able to do that and completely decimate the Department of Justice, the three-letter agencies, and replace them with people who are actually going to be doing us, that is what will actually save our country. And the only way to do that. Is if you have a lawsuit that exposes a lot of this stuff, remember, it was Twitter, it was Facebook, it was all of those different platforms that were banning Donald Trump and that led to the 2020 election. Let's continue uh, with this uh, inside the high-tech sex parties S&M dungeons of Silicon Valley, and we'll continue uh, with the travels of uh, one Lori Siegel hanging out with one Madam Rose. Now, <clears throat> let's, let's restate uh, what's happening here. These are places where people gathered did deals and socialized and oftentimes they socialized with each other their partners etc cetera, etc cetera. active swinger communities with weekly sex parties is what they oftentimes gathered at silicon valley's premier sex parties according to a gentleman by the name of ralph when not go with the second name the pseudonym of a former tech entrepreneur who sold his first company for five million dollars what was his uh, sort of coup de grace? Well, it was participating in all of this stuff. It wasn't the salaciousness and uh, of, of getting a, a big payday in the tech world. What it was for him, it was like all the thing, the accoutrement that went with everything. It wasn't, it wasn't you know the cars and the houses and oh, you get to brag about what tech. No, it was being able to interact with these people on a social level. Apparently, guests would check into the party. There was apparently like 4,000 people around Silicon Valley were on a mailing list and all this. And correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, Dad, please. Mm-hmm. Um, they checked into a party with an iPad using software that Ralph himself bragged was designed by the same guy who built Oracle. Yeah, me about that. Yeah. <laughs> a woman who worked at Google and an engineer who built supercomputers. Siegel, the reporter, also stumbled upon this community um as well she says and this was kind of the part that you know kind of takes everybody's breath away at the end i remember when we slept in another couple and a high-fived each other after like it was an athletic pursuit they shared a woman dressed in a catholic school girl outfit while her husband an employee at square blushed yep, that's where I saw him. Well, at least the back of him during that time. And that's how we socialize. So think about this going back to 2013 until today, 2021, 2022. And you see these uh, things have sort of started to fade out. And I think the the, the pizzazz and all the things that built these Silicon Valley, uh, you know, startups uh, back in the day, this is the fuel. It wasn't drugs. It wasn't anything else. It was the Silicon Valley sex parties. And, uh, it's not just left coast west coast it's also east coast yeah me coast uh, out there uh near wall street land and that's exactly what we're seeing uh as a as sort of an update on uh, both coasts and really both of those coasts are very liberal whatever happens to the good you know sort of wholesome people of the midwest out well they're in neither one of these places
2: no <laughs> the, the coasts do seem to attract uh uh the, the, but often the worst you know Eddie, i i frankly being outside of the northeast uh, i've been in new mexico back to new mexico for over four years i haven't been keeping up with my uh my my tabloid uh new york uh, new york city journalism but apparently this fellow by the name of larry ray he's uh, 62 he's been incarcerated since being charged with uh, sex trafficking and extortion He was running this sort of uh, illegal uh, entity (laughs) uh, with his daughters and I guess his daughter's uh, friends at Sarah Lawrence College. Now, Sarah Lawrence College is a little bit north of the city up in what's called uh, Bronxville, New York. I think it's up near... Uh, New Rochelle. That's about as far north as any true Manhattanite will ever go. When they talk about upstate New York, you know, they're not talking about Rochester. They're talking about, you know, uh, just, just a few miles north of the city. So uh, a list has been exposed associated with this scandal. And and again, uh, we don't do this for prurient reasons. There There is a prosecution underway. They're, they're covering legitimate news here, uh, what they're calling the Sarah Lawrence uh, sex cult. Uh, apparently a good cross-section of Manhattan's elite Uh, Not so much big tech people, but uh, money people, lawyer people, media people from Wall Street to the justice system were clients of this fellow. Some of the 121 names that have been revealed bear unusual monikers shared by several reputable Big Apple business people, uh, including a financier whose name also pops up in pedophile Jeffrey, you guessed it, Epstein's infamous black book at this point they're going to we'll highlight who these people potentially are uh, a businessman whose title is brandished on a museum in in town others include an ex-new york state supreme court judge a gap incorporated executive and her husband an amazon account executive a painter who splits his time between new york and italy and there were also names matching an international diamond dealer and a washington dc based lobbyist. Uh, who are these people? Their names are on a list alleged to be uh, frequent clients of Claudia Drury. She is now 31 years old and she alleges uh, that she was uh, basically trafficked Uh, by this guy, Larry Ray, uh, who uh, looks looks like a very, very good figure. Uh,
1: Unbelievable. Uh, That's just unbelievable.
2: It is. And, you know, again, you're, 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 these are, this is, this is in court, ladies and gentlemen, this isn't some crazy person in the basement making these allegations. The list of these names was quote, uh, uh, quote, unquote, inadvertently uploaded by the Manhattan U.S. Attorney's Office. So we're talking federal government here with a message, please do not reproduce share or use this exhibit let's a, stress right? that word
1: Dowd let's stress that word inadvertently this is by mistake
2: yeah. now, there's nothing
1: more that the rich and the powerful hate more than not having control over something that happens that will damage their reputation yep. they'd rather lose anything they don't care if it's money they don't but to lose their reputation and be able to say that that's where they stand and getting published on a thing like this inadvertently uh, people die for this type of thing. Uh, you saw the Eyes Wide Shut movie, and remember, that's the whole entire thing that exactly went on. So I think that the, the important thing here, especially with Dowd growing up sort of an East Coast culture in Connecticut, Dowd, I mean, what we're saying is uh, absolutely the truth uh, when it comes to that.
2: Yeah, and and again, I don't know, uh, you're right, Eddie, to focus on that keyword inadvertently. is the, Was it truly inadvertent, or is this some kind of whistleblower in the Manhattan U.S. District Attorney's Office saying, The public has a right to know because these are prominent people. Some of them are public officials. I mean, you could say one thing about a a corporation executive, but if you're talking a Supreme Court, a state Supreme Court justice, I mean, that's a whole nother uh, level. So again, uh, this is all associated with the trial of a guy named Larry Ray, 62. Uh, He was arrested for extortion and sex trafficking. He's accused of exploiting Sarah Lawrence students, female students who were roommates of this guy's butter for a decade to obtain money and power and sex for himself. And apparently uh, there's evidence here that extremely prominent people uh, in New York, a very powerful city with very, very powerful people. Uh, again, a former New York state Supreme court judge, businessman, Amazon, uh, prominent artist, an international diamond dealer, a DC based lobbyist. They were on the client list. We are, uh, we are ruled by some uh, some interesting folks uh, at, here in. Well, the, they don't they, they don't rule the you, Dowd. American Empire. Uh, we we don't really have the best uh, uh, in positions of power, do we?
1: So this is interesting. Okay, now Dowd mentioned the Nexian cult. Dowd also mentioned Epstein. Okay, what do we know about both of those? What do we know about uh, Keith? and uh, Raniere and what do we know about Jeffrey Epstein okay coming from the money world but really did it, knew how to take advantage of it because they had these sort of magnetic charismatic personalities and then we see this and Sarah Lawrence what do we know about Sarah Lawrence very moneyed. all of these are places you know Sarah Lawrence is the you have to be of extreme wealth to send your children to to a place like Sarah Lawrence um, they don't give scholarships and it's the most expensive school in the entire country. To say you got a degree from Sarah Lawrence, you know exactly what you're getting when you get with that. So these women who were involved in this quote-unquote cult to help this man for 121 uh, clients of Claudio Drury, uh, if you will, during this, they weren't in this for money. Could this have been blackmail? Could this have been a mind control? Could this have been some sort of attempt to get a different type of power over people? I think when you say inadvertent, and going back to that word, there's something far more nefarious that's sort of play here. And I think this is just scratching the surface down when you put out those 121 people who are there. But I guarantee there's 121 different stories that are there for each one of those people whose families, whose lives, whose businesses, could be torn apart in the drop of a hat um, with a little more than a connection to a party, a habit, um, uh, maybe a, a particular exploit on some evening. Uh, folks, it's all there. I would love to see that list. Uh Dowd, is that a public list or is there any way we can get a hold of that?
2: well i mean it was leaked to reporters uh, this is something that the new york post is going to stay on like a rottweiler on a on a honey baked ham you know i mean this is just this is made for tabloid uh, news in in the competitive news environment of new york city uh I, I i foresee these names coming out eddie
1: let's not forget the time where jeffrey epstein only one time in in a public sphere where he was visibly upset was one time that he was doing was when he walked to the reporter's office of the rolling stone Uh, as well as Forbes who were attempting to go ahead and out him and what he was going to do. So remember there is no limit to the ire of these people who get outed for things that they would prefer uh, to be kept under wraps in hotel rooms in various places in crevices uh, where they live their filthy dirty rich lives 550 50 500 that's 550 500 here in the kiva fabulous worked out and uh i think we should probably touch upon uh, speaking of uh, filthy dirty and well-connected uh vladimir Zelensky. we should do that next uh some a little bit of exposure happening with him he's doing a lot of green screens these days not sure if you've seen some of that but uh the man uh, is in kiev where it looks peaceful and uh where you have the town square seems to be completely and totally undamaged as he addresses uh, his population we're going to get some more of this fake news, folks. These reports coming out about Russians lo- losing tens of thousands of people, that there's all sorts of people who are deserting and various other things. This is misinformation. You heard Joe Biden today, and we're going to get into it. Talk about uh, chemical warfare is the beginning of World War III. We're essentially just waiting for that other shoe to drop, folks, so that the U.S. can go ahead and start going full throttle on uh, our warmongering of ourselves. So make no mistake about it, war is profitable. Especially to the companies that are involved in it and especially the countries that are involved in it as well. We'll do that when we return 519 here in the Kiva, AM 600 the ABQ.FM, Rock of Talk.com, broadcasting live from the Stanton House in downtown El Paso, Texas. Beautiful day here, and looks like you're getting good weather up there as well. Back and forth. Thanks for listening.
3: Now there you go. You want your freedom. Well, who am I to keep you down? I wish only right that you should play the way you feel it. Listen carefully to the sound of the loneliness, like a heartbeat drives you mad of remembering what you have and what you know and what you have
1: not what we were after here we weren't trying to get people to join the love train <laughs> wow. some people are just in need of a good time i suppose uh right here in the kiva 526. wow we go, we're about. We, yeah, we go straight to the the oj's love train um you know i was familiar with that uh from the standpoint of oh see uh yeah, yeah, thank you. So um, here from the hotel, or excuse me, the Stanton House here in downtown El Paso, Texas. Glad to be here with uh, you. I doubt, I seem to have overlooked a little bit of our, um, if you will, our show prep here. Mm-hmm. Doubt, it, doubt has prepared the show. And I should say a funny, not funny thing, because I get a little bit annoyed. And uh, I believe Dictionary Day is going to be calling. He texted directly, and I said, I literally, you can imagine what I said right down to him. I said, he says, uh, five line not working. I said, I just forwarded it. I'm always a little skeptical because a lot of people enjoy the show. We got a lot of people listening to the show and that's great. I said, I just forwarded it. Have a point when you call. That's all callers. Have a point. And then I said, do not read to me. Do not read to me. Okay. So make sure you don't do that. So I imagine that's Dictionary Dave. Let's go ahead and see if I can hear Dictionary Dave and I can interact with him live from the Stanton House Hotel in El Paso, Texas. Go ahead, caller. You are in the Kiva. Uh, so you're live in the 505. Go ahead. Thank you, Eddie. It's
4: rather interesting because today is also the 89th anniversary of the Wyoming Republic's Enabling Act. Okay. Now, this ended up putting together basically taking the uh, cojones out from under the president, giving it to the chancellor so that he could rule by decree. And we seem to be paralleling that in this country. Okay. So we do not have a chancellor. We do have a president. We also have a deep state that is doing all kinds of stupid stuff, as we have have seen. We also have the uh, Reconstruction Act kind of sounds like Build Back Better or Green New Deal, which allows the president to rule by decree. And what has Joe Biden been doing since he took the oath office? It is rather ironic that we are having to deal with this. Unfortunately, Hindenburg has been long dead. And we don't have the issue of two offices being or combined as one. But we do have the autocracy of the overall bureaucratic autocracy, the uh, field of the executive branch into all those different places of government where now it seems that, well, you know what, we're just going to do this, 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 and this, and this, and nobody else has a say in it. It's rather scary, because it seems the United States is repeating what the Weimar Republic under the National Socialist Democrat Party today is undertaking, as we currently know it, and are living. This whole push towards World War III, no, I'm not buying into it. We don't need to be there.
1: Yeah. Uh, were you, Dave, were you buying into it? Um, were you buying into it before? It sounds like you just volunteered some information that uh, you were behind going in and helping Ukraine. Uh, were you? Or were you not?
4: Negative. I was not.
1: Okay. All right. Like
4: well. stated on uh, Liberty Levers.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. Yeah, we're 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 the Rock of Talk. That's a different show. I'm, you can't expect all the audiences to no. sort of form into each other. I appreciate that though. And I appreciate you listening to Natalie and and Jaybird. But uh, to go back to this whole entire thing, I'm glad to hear that you were not. I think a lot of people would be in complete and total agreement with you 100%. I think that's a fair statement uh, in terms of what we're denigrating to. And it is national socialist. But here's the difference I think that's important for all of us to know between now and then. Is we didn't have quite the expansive media uh, connectivity uh, that um, they did, or excuse me, that they didn't back then, or that we have now. The problem is, is this cancer spreads faster, quicker, with more misinformation um, and more inf- misinformation. Oftentimes, we can't really characterize as misinformation because it's a saturation point. Uh, it's one of the reasons why we can only be so effective in terms of our surgical strikes and what we're saying. The problem becomes is when you have enough pe- people repeating a lie and, and you have enough different media types, whether that's, you know, by keyboard or text or digital, uh, whether that's by television, whether that's by radio, when they have these convergence, that saturation, regardless of what I say and what we know. And I think more poignantly, I should state what we actually know and what we've experienced through careful analysis and realizing that we're not getting paid. Doubt's not making any money off of the war, and neither am I. Um, we have to realize that it's an impossibility for us to fight against. And I'm glad to see that uh, you're one of the freedom uh, fighters for that. And... Keep waking other people up uh, to that. 550-55, but a good call, Dave. I appreciate your point and uh, straight to the point. More calls like that, that's exactly what we need. Come in, have a take. As uh, Jim Rome used to say, have a take, don't suck. And, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, he's it's the... Standard. Well, it's it's true. You know, yep. I mean, in doubt, <clears throat> I'm going to qualify this a step further is um, for you. And good job on the board handling that, uh, Eric. I mean, what Eric's doing right now is, you know, level five stuff, uh, if you will, five being the highest. He's coordinating video, audio, all these things while I'm sitting here you know, in the comforts of a hotel broadcasting in a remote location. Um, I think for your pleasure, I think is kind of what the way it's but to qualify Dow a little bit more directly, Dow doesn't spend umpteen hours uh, at night and in the morning uh, analyzing and breaking this down so he can hear himself think and you can all tell him how wonderfully smart and intelligent he is. The purpose of this is to make you smarter not him smarter we already know he's smart uh, what we need to do is pare this down so that you can consume and use this uh, for your own purposes again folks you only have so many hours in the day you have families you have children you have jobs you have responsibilities you have a dying mother or a growing daughter i don't know what you have but i know that it's up to us to go ahead and put you in the best positions to win, and you couldn't do that if you didn't have the amount that I talk to other people and the amount that Dowd reads uh, from other people uh, each and every day here in Kiva. And Dowd and I, we've seen each other that many times this year. That would be so. one, one, exactly one. So we waste almost no time socializing with each other other than what we do right here in Akiva. 550, 50, 500. Dowd, I wanted to get to this report because, you know, as I was about to say, um, comedy, uh, doesn't it really exist? And I think people can say that now, but it's not like it's breaking news. It's not like people find something funny or don't, don't find it funny anymore. Humor used to be universal. Jack Benny, Johnny Carson, you know, it'd be something that we would sort of laugh in unison. Now there's different types of humor humor laughing at people, with people, or at yourselves in a self supp- supplicating manner um uh, what liberals uh, don't find they don't find humor in anything Um, they find things ironic Um, you know that you're talking to a liberal when the irony is lost on them and uh they are talking and virtue signaling on something that they themselves do but they sort of see this uh, cultural normative that they've established and they are totally tone deaf they can't see it Um, they oftentimes um what do you say brilliant people talk about ideas you know uh what i think what common people talk about uh, other people liberals talk about people that's what they talk about they're the very people who are interested in the kardashians hollywood culture singers they're the people who are TikTokking and snapping all day long that's generally their playground and they virtue signal based upon what they think is cool and what they find to be desirable now in the midst of all that, what has actually happened is we've lost our sense of humor because they don't like to be laughed at. They like to do the laughing at, uh, hence the Saturday Night Live skits that you oftentimes see. And I, I dare I say he's a very, very, very good liberal, a disguised liberal, but I'm not a fan of Joe Rogan whatsoever. It's really easy for me to get him, um, I think, top to bottom down, and I think that you would agree. And we started kind of seeing this stuff that was coming in with Joe Rogan, and it says... Uh, <clears throat> Breaking news, folks. Breaking news on Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan claims wokeness killed comedy movies. Hangover was the last one. You know how uncool sometimes um, Glenn Beck can be? Glenn Beck makes this news. I look at this and I'm like, Glenn, are you not reading what the crap that you're putting out on your website? And I love Glenn. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Glenn Beck. In fact, I'd say his radio shows are as good as they've ever been The problem is here, is why is he such a big fan? Why is he constantly kissing Joe Rogan's ass? Mm -hmm. What is with conservative media hosts right now who have suddenly sort of lost their true north because they can't just yell Trump for three hours? Where is their ability to sort of mold into the next thing? And this is where I love, you know, Dan Bongino is the most talentless conservative talk show host in the country, bar none. Right next to him is one Joe Rogan, okay? Glenn Beck pretty good I would also say Sean Hannity uh you know he unfortunately uh, for Sean he has the good fortune of being probably the most connected person in, in conservative media Clay and Buck are very edgy I know some of you uh, don't like them as much you know uh, Bill O'Reilly my God the guy is the middle of the road on just about every single thing there is Ben Shapiro's a neocon I would say Dana Lashes is, is pretty good in terms of but they haven't really evolved so when you get it and it Get a guy like Joe Rogan, and you're kissing his ass, saying, "Oh, we're going to talk about how Joe Rogan feels about comedy." Joe Rogan's never been funny. He's never been that popular. If you think UFC and um, Fear Factor is that the show that he was on? Which think I think sure. I may have. The only reason I know that is because Dave Chappelle. Uh, if you think that that's edgy, you don't know what you're you're dealing with. Here's this whole entire thing. I'll tell you, comedy isn't dead. Let me tell you why comedy isn't dead you might think that he's totally liberal but larry david south park folks yeah uh how about nobody going to the movies whatsoever when's the last time you attended the movies the movies have been shut down for two years when's the last time you went to go see a comedy at the movies everything's a remake and a retread of something that you either watched long before or some sort of superhero because those are the only things that make money i made the mistake Unfortunately, because I don't, I'm culturally uh, deficient when it comes to uh, stuff that I remember back pre 2000. And that, of course, was Jackass. I walked into that movie. I've never been so deep, like, humiliated in my life. I felt embarrassed around my kids to see that that's even passing for comedy. But, folks, there are plenty of funny things that are out there. We just don't go to the movies for them. And no. we definitely don't find them in pockets of pop, pop, pop culture. So, apparently, according to the Joe Rogan experience, When was the last good comedy movie that was released? They're talking about The Hangover, folks. What was that, 2008? Watch Larry David insult half of Hollywood every single time that he goes on Curb Your Enthusiasm. What about, and he doesn't realize, I think the people that are part of his show, despite them being extremely woke and very liberal, doesn't realize that Larry David is just out there to insult him He's, he's kind of like a Jewish conservative, I hate to say it, regardless of the fact that he's friends with Mary and Ted and all oh, the rest right, of the right, liberals, right. right? Right. Rogan declares on this, I, it's like, woke this killed the comedy movie in a lot of ways. This is why everyone's going back and watching the old comedies, including Dave Chappelle and some of the old stuff, because we used to know what humor was. Let me let me let you in on a little bit, uh, a little secret here that, uh, you know, is not a secret. But c- nothing has been funny since late night has decided to start giving us our news and telling us what to think, whether it's a late night Jimmy Fallon, whether it's a late night, uh, I, I don't know. Is so Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, and uh, the other top Jimmy? Whatever. Whatever the guys that are out there. They've been telling you how to think. There was a time not that long ago when, when Stephen Colbert was actually funny, playing yep. a quasi-conservative person, right. demonstrating right. the irony. The irony has now become them. They are not funny, they are the joke, and they don't realize just how completely and totally absurd they look every single night as they're turning around and trying to communicate a reality to us that doesn't exist. If you're t- espousing the virtues of deciding to go ahead and spend $5, 10 $20 per gallon because you own a Tesla and then telling people and getting people in the audience to clap with you, while at the same time doing what's ultimately hurting you and your pocketbook and your family. I'll tell you what, that, that ain't no joke. Ain't nobody laughing uh, when people are suffering, but especially when it comes uh, to the middle class. Uh, some of the other comedic gems that they were mentioning include Dumb and Dumber, Grumpy Old Man, Office Space, What About Bob, My Cousin, Lenny*? There's plenty of more funny stuff way, way after that post. And you you conservatives know exactly what that is. Heck, there's a few conservatives out there in terms of their videos that they've demonstrated are pretty funny uh, as well. And one such guy who I believe should be recognized as a conservative and I doubt he would ever say is one John Cleese. I was laughing my ass off during the entirety (laughs) of this article. Uh, Tell us about uh, John Cleese. and uh, I think he finally arrived at a point where he was sort of fed up. Now, for those of you who think Jim Gaffigan is funny, you don't know funny. He was funny until he became woke. That's what happens to every yep. single one of these comedic guys. In order to survive and to sign up at these places, they have to become woke to get those deals. But tell us a little bit about John Cleese. Uh,
2: yeah, I do read the uh, trade publications since uh, New Mexico is such a uh, <clears throat> entertainment hub. You know, we, we we produce so much television and <clears throat> and movies. Uh, of course, we all taxpayers, productive people pay for all those television episodes and movies. And so uh, I caught this in Hollywood, the Hollywood Reporter the other day at South by Southwest, the very famous and I guess used to be edgy, probably nowhere near edgy as it, as it as it used to be. I'm sure it's all all woke all the time. So John Cleese, the great British comedian from Monty Python, uh, not my favorite Python. I always thought Eric Idle was the most talented, but John Cleese was uh, you know his part. He partnered with Graham Chapman. Graham Chapman, the the late Graham Graham Chapman, brilliant, 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 funny. Uh, he John John Cleese was on a panel at South by Southwest with some other alleged comedians, including. Ricky Velez, don't don't know. Uh, Dulce Sloan, don't know. Apparently, that's uh, on the, uh, the the Trevor Noah, and of course the Jim Gaffigan, the comedian Jim Gaffigan, who used to be not political and kind of middle America. He used to he, he made himself the, the butt of the joke most of the time as I'm kind of a a, a fat middle aged guy. So John Cleese uh, attended a 90 minute event called John Cleese in Conversation. The subject of slavery came up. I as far as I can tell uh, the Person he was kind of duking it out with, uh, Dulcie Sloan, apparently is of African ancestry. Uh, John Cleese, uh, unfortunately for him, said, People forget the British Empire was the basic political unit of organization for 6,000 years. The British didn't start colonizing. Uh, Sloan shot back, We know, but y'all did it so well. Uh, it's the reason I'm here. I'm not supposed to be here. Uh, John Cleese resp- responded, uh, If you're easily triggered, don't listen to the next few uh, seconds. Uh, John Cleese responded to the claim. The reason I'm here is slavery. We gave you free passage, uh, John Cleese said to this uh, comedian. That line, which uh, in another era would elicit enormous laughter of people falling out of their seats and rolling down the, the aisles, drew shocked groans. Oh. Okay, but people, uh, since he was joking, apparently people stayed with him. They, were, they stayed on board, but uh, he resumed his comments, except now apparently getting quite sincere. And this is as, as wise a statement as, you can, as you'd can you hear from anyone. Of course, Cleese, like all the other Python guys, were, are older. They were educated in the British system. They know history very well. Quote, history is a history of crime. It's a history of people who were stronger, beating up people who are weaker. And it's always been that. It's deeply, deeply distasteful. But to pretend that one lot were worse than another, you do know that the British have been slaves twice, Right. Uh, his uh, conversationalist, Sloan, yeah. uh, of course, knew nothing of that. He said, the Dutch are the problem. Uh, <laughs> and then he tried to away to another topic because we can't, we can't touch anything controversial in comedy. But Cleese, uh, Cleese came back uh, and he, he said, uh, my people were slaves too, you know. Uh, people get competitive about this business being oppressed. Uh, we were oppressed, the English, by the Romans for 400 years, from about zero to about 480 and then another comedian said, oh, you're really going back. Uh, and Velez, the alleged comedian, said, this is getting so uncomfortable. Uh, is this new Dave Chappelle special? Um, you can't even have a, a panel discussion at South by Southwest uh, in which a brilliant comedian uh brilliant. Yeah. more than any of these other people he was on the stage with will ever accomplish in their lives for uh, dropping some <clears the throat> historical knowledge and even using that historical knowledge to make a couple of jokes. I mean, this is how humorless our society is now. Yeah.
1: My favorite part, doubt, my favorite part of this whole entire thing, and this was the irony, and I kind of want to wrap it up here, Eric, uh, but the irony of this whole thing is, you know, when I used to hang out with a lot of liberals all the time, and it was kind of interesting because everything was about irony. If you look at Larry David and the enthusiasm, it's the irony. It's a situational irony you know that you're going to find yourself in the very same thing that you set yourself up to be in from the very beginning which is exactly what the situational humor of larry david's all about you know you inevitably point the gun at yourself which is the funniest thing right it's sort of the slapstick comedy without having to raise a hand or slap a face like manny mo and jack or manuel and curly or whatever it happens to be with with the three students he says this and i just burst out laughing <clears throat> I want reparations from Italy, Kless said, drawing shock gas. And then the Normans came over in 1066. (laughs) They were horrible people from France, and they came and colonized us for 30 years. We need reparations there too, I'm afraid. What has Black Lives Matter been all about? What has Antifa been all about? It's been a class war struggle. It's been about power. And when you don't have power there's nobody laughing and right now no one has power and the people in the new world order are the ones with all the power which is why there's no comedy and that's ultimately it because you guys are all virtue signaling and parodying what you hear from other people and i don't mean our audience i mean the world in general that's what they're hearing and adding funny. 550 50 500 is 550 50 500 broadcasting live downtown from the stanton house you can hear that uh jarring music in the background you hear the the thrust the bump the the vibes the feel of what's going on people are out they're not masking up folks they're out and about they're doing things they're living their lives i'm in the great state of texas at a great hotel all of about the three hours south of albuquerque folks albuquerque could be every bit that el paso is and then some especially with our rich heritage and our culture but because of our culture, we choose not to be. Stop virtue signaling. Stop being the way that we are. We'll be back after a quick break, and then we'll be back with uh, someone who isn't funny. When do we let comedians decide to go ahead and start running countries and then running their populations into the ground? Vladimir Zelensky, that ain't no joke. We'll talk about that, the Russians and the Ukraine when we return.
3: the With science, not the teacher said to do, it, making dreams come true, living tissue, warm flesh. With science, all the magic and pots and bears bits and pieces, bits and pieces, bits and pieces. Piece piece my creation, is it real? It's my creation. Ooh.
1: I like this where I don't have to pick the music anymore. You know, Uh, on Jeff Pretty, that would be Greg Kihn. I remember the video, and remember it became, uh, yeah, Weird Al Yankovic. So, I believe first or second big hit was I Lost on Jeopardy, Baby. Yeah, that's about how long ago this goes. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Great Kin, Jeopardy, 83. I'd say 1983 on this. Uh, Maybe summer, fall of 83. As an MTV kid, I usually get this stuff uh, pretty spot on. Dowd, how uh, how did the uh, Ed tv do on uh, Great Kid and Jeopardy? Oh, can't hear.
2: Hello. Oh, we? Good. Uh, oh, okay. Yes, uh, we, we lost on Jeopardy, song by American musician Weird Al Yankovic from his second album Weird Al Yankovic in 3D, released mm. in 1984.
1: 84. But well, what about Kin? Kin was 83 or 82? Oh, uh, is... Jeopardy
2: was released by the Greg Kin Band, uh, and yeah. that was in 82? May 1983.
1: 82? 80... Oh! Yes, <laughs> yeah, I'm always good on that stuff. And keep throwing them at me there, Eric. Keep slinging those songs. 550, 50, 500. Uh, Dow's going to do this uh, introduction to this. He says, Ukraine, there... There's uh, uh, I like the uh, way that he phrases getting people to say Ukraine because uh, if you look at the word Ukraine, I suppose some people might mispronounce something. Is that uh, Rain? Is it UK? Rain? Is mm-hmm, it Ukraine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I we should be
2: craning our necks and looking over everything we've been told a little more carefully about the Ukraine.
1: Yeah, that is true. Okay, God, I see what you did there. Very, very intelligent. Sometimes I'm too clever for myself. But, uh, you're, you're a uh, clever
2: guy. You, you know, we've been talking about big tech and, and misinformation, and, and uh, there's a story, and I don't know, I remember hearing that on a C-SPAN discussion one time. I'm a big Cold War junkie because I was raised, I grew up in the late 70s through the 80s when the Cold War was still going on, and um story about the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962 in which I think it was Adlai Stevenson, the UN Ambassador, or America's ambassador to the UN, was trying to line up support for uh, an international a blockade, a U.S. blockade, but international reaction to Russia putting missiles in Cuba. Of course, the United States has always felt perfectly, The United States government, I should say, not you, not me, but the United States government has always felt perfectly free to put missiles wherever the hell we want. Damn the consequences. But uh, that minor point about the Cold War. Uh, Adlai Stevenson took the pictures, the images of the Russian missiles and equipment and infrastructure in Cuba to French authorities and, and I know we're, we're we've become accustomed to not liking the French but don't forget this is 1962 this is just you know a decade and a half after uh, the liberation of France uh, some I, more than a few Americans died for the liberation of France in, in World War II and I believe the official this is how the story goes said to uh, Adlai Stevenson or his flunkies uh, don't show me the pictures if the United States government is saying that there are missiles clear indications they've analyzed the images uh, they are on the ground in Cuba. We don't, we won't do any analysis ourselves. We don't have to look at these pictures. That's the kind of credibility the United States had in with France of all countries, the very uh, uptight and ornery French uh, in 1962. And I thought about that when I was reading this latest article and all the media is covered. You can find this article anywhere. We'll we'll have one version of it in the show notes tonight. Uh, NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Association dominated by the United States, a, course, the Washington's little plaything of NATO, estimating that between, uh, what, 7,000 to 15,000 Russian soldiers have been killed since they crossed the border into Ukraine, as possibly as many 40,000 casualties overall, dead, wounded, taken prisoner, or missing. Um, I'm an American citizen. I pay American taxes, unfortunately. I don't have, I don't know what the number is. You don't know what the number is. Uh, there's so much bad information coming out of Ukraine from every possible source. I don't trust. NATO's estimate, knowing that it's kind of a plaything for the United States government. And I feel kind of the opposite of those French officials in 1962. When I hear something from an official source by the federal government or an entity that is more or less controlled by Washington, I'm inclined to believe something quite different. And when you have surrendered your credibility to the extent that, that, that the federal government has, to the extent that the media fully swallowing the story of snake Island where the brave Ukrainians all died rather than give up the story of the ghost of Kiev single-handedly shooting down dozens of Russian fighters. We know both of those stories have been uh, nonsense. Uh, I, I I had a moment of uh, clarity (laughs) and a a crisis of confidence myself. Um, I don't know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. I think most Americans would say, Hey, if NATO is saying it, uh, if if the American government saying it, it's probably true. Eddie, I think uh, this story is probably not true. I don't know about what your thoughts are. but
1: I'm right there with you. Absolutely. Um, Ukraine claiming to have killed six Russian generals uh, while Moscow has only acknowledged one dead. I mean, uh, what do we have here? That's from the Hill, folks. So I think the bigger part of the news is the news source is is who's uh i'm not sure how well you could hear me so i moved back to just sort of test the volume in the back was it uh, was it good was it not good i wanted to you gotcha, we gotcha. Out. okay good um former russian president calling u.s refuge for those with senile insanity russia isn't looking for the u.s to go ahead and be prosperous or a refuge for russians or anything they don't care about any of that they've got 10 time zones and things like that that's from yeah uh let's see you should have no part in fomenting a war of attrition ukraine a, a, that's the opinion we've held since the very beginning. Like there, we've got this misinformation that's been going on. People have been told what to believe from the very beginning. I think the war itself had twenty-seven percent support. out yes. if I'm not mistaken, at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. uh, how come we haven't have any updates on any of those that polling uh, on the support for the Ukraine? I believe the last poll that we had on the support for the Ukraine was probably back in February. On had a
2: number of weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: and then. Um, Then here's another one from the New York Post. Inside Putin's $700 million yacht. They don't just want to tell you just because he's the head of the Soviets. They also want you to hate him because he's rich. This is out by the New York Post. This is just yellow journalism, folks. You can't believe any information. I almost feel like at this point, we need to be playing the news reels like they did in the 40s for recruitment. and you know, The March
2: of things. Time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Oh, Dowd, we found your voice. Yes. You were there. You were the
2: <laughs> Dowd,
1: uh, take us out.
2: Take us to the <laughs> top that, of the Jerry. hour. The Americans are invading France. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to punch you in the nose, Hitler. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's the best we're uh, sending
2: Bugs Bunny and Bazooka Joe over there to kick your ass. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I love that era.
1: Uh <laughs> I want Eric. Uh, will you send Eric a link? Uh or Eric, if you can find those old 40 news reels, I would love that. We'll hit the top of the hour news. Uh you and me and the Dowd makes three three thousand commercial free right here in the Kiva on AM sixteen hundred K I B A ABQ.fm rocket. Somewhere in a lonely hotel oh, so room, the guys start to realize that eternal place turned this back on here. It's 2 a.m. It's 2 a.m.
3: It's 2 a.m. to be It's
0: Time to take the mark of of time! In no country in the world does the average citizen have a greater money investment in his home than in the United States of America. In the number and variety of devices which make for pleasant and comfortable living, the American home surpasses all others. Every year, resourceful industrialists and gadgeteers bestow upon the housewife more appliances calculated to make her work easy and provide leisure for her and her family. But in spending this leisure, many American families like nothing better than to get away as promptly as possible from home and all its comforts. America prepares. All America alters its pattern of life and work to meet the demand for perfection. Industry is a double step to supply the sinews of safety, the armaments of war that an embattled world must have if democracy is to survive, mechanical genius joins for the muscles, <coughs> working to win for the ways of freedom—freedom freedom to think, to speak, to rise, live, and plan with one's fellow man. America's vast resources are harnessed to the job of being the world arsenal for this and other democracies. Its present-day production of armaments is but a mere fraction of the great job that lies ahead. All production in plant and Shipyard gains speed. Vessels of all types—carriers, merchantmen, submarines—slip off the ways in growing numbers.
1: Oh, That's, oh, that's what you needed.
0: Captain, heads up, training I'm for whatever destiny calls to here. Heroes, every one. Heroes, thousands millions. Men who abandon home and possessions that they may be ready to defend democracy if necessary. sturdy of body, firm in spirit. Seamen, Marines, soldiers, and flyers. A huge civilian army joins in this great defense program. Rigid, rough work. This training. Actual combat is simulated. Conditions met and mastered. No problem that may arise will find these men wanting. Men like these are not to be stopped. No individual, no evasive words or deeds, no group action or selfish interests will be allowed to impede their growing strength, effectiveness, and safety. For it is they who are sacrificing every advantage of civilian life. They who hold the torch of freedom closest. (laughs) Every division of the Army, Navy, and Marine Corps is rapidly instructed in the modern methods of defense and offense. All America is behind these armaments, supplying an uninterrupted flow of materials or machines of mechanized might. Oh my gosh. America is making many tanks. Americans are rapidly learning their use, a rough branch of the service, making all the more necessary the intensive training of the day for brutal preparation against any threat to freedom. In less than a year, miracles are wrought in the production of tanks, rolling fortresses geared to demolish anything in their paths, conquering all obstacles on every nature of terrain. <laughs>
1: Americans must know their every phase for defense and self-protection. Wow. Six in the five oh five and more four one one here for your third hour. I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM sixteen hundred K I KIVABQ. dot FM Rock dot com. My gosh, Doubt. If you didn't go out and start a family after watching that movie and then take off eight thousand miles around the world to kill a To to kill an angry Jap, if you will, Mm -hmm. to use their lexicon, or to take out the Nazis and the... uh Boy, uh, Adolf Hitler, and his ilk, or Benito Mussolini. Boy, you weren't American. Uh, and after is-
2: we defeat the Axis powers, Rosie and all her other riveters will go right back to the kitchen where they belong. Get ready to have lots of babies, gals. And when the man of the house arrives home every evening, you better have a highball waiting for him. Oh God, I love, uh, I love, I love old America. I don't, I don't like this timeline. I want to go back to the old. <laughs>
1: doubt you have found your sweet spot baby i'm telling you at, at no other time have you done a better impersonation than what you're doing exactly right there uh, i think every single 50s and 60s talk show host came out of that voice and then it, it casually evolved uh, into you know the gong show and bob eubanks eventually you know <laughs> <laughs> where, where you're talking about whoopee mm-hmm. and uh, banging a giant drum because you just couldn't st- stop the BS any longer.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that resulted in, ladies and gentlemen, a, a generation, a cadre, if you will, to use the uh, greatest generations lexicon against the um, the new hippie generations uh, lexicon, which would uh, come in and usher in a brand new world of moralism uh, to the, the generation
2: depth, gap. They called it yes
1: to the to to the depths of which we are now experiencing their pain they have never let go of 1968 69 and 70 ladies and gentlemen everything that has ever existed from woodstock right on down to kent state uh, we are currently starting to feel the effects and now it is they the ones who protested the war who are starting the war and who are uh, creating the war in every single man woman, and child's family here in this country 550 500 this is going to be a fun hour if we get any more of that uh, colorful uh speak from the uh, newsies of the 1940s boy i don't know about you but uh you did men didn't need viagra they just need three to five minutes in the theater on a friday or saturday night out to watch um, some of the greatest cinema of all time i think out there when people used to actually go to the cinema uh, mm-hmm. that is and uh, you were off to war uh, after that friday night saturday morning uh, sunday morning I'll bet you those recruitment and enlistment centers were wide open for business and there was men and the women were probably walking by to see if their brave men and their with the popeye forearms was out there seeing if he was going to sign up to go ahead and sign his life away and sacrifice at the foot of democracy how about that down
2: uh, another era another era yes there were problems back then but let me tell you they, they got a lot of things right back then too
1: They certainly did. Um, All right, let's uh, jump into it. Dowd, I know that uh, you're on top of that. uh, uh, For all the notes, for all the replay, commercial for you and me and uh, Dowd at www.rockoftalk.chat. Dowd has the next segment titled Race to the Bottom. I don't know if we're talking about New Mexico or this country at this point, but I would imagine it could be potentially both, Dowd
2: yeah i'm I'm gonna call an audible eddie and and save that for tomorrow um because we do have okay sure uh, some some interesting uh we've got we've got a a couple of categories i wanted to get these stories out quickly in our in our final hour because we are we don't have as much time um some interesting political stories i'm not a big political person as most of our listeners know but uh i want to throw out this concept of the republican party actually learning to do some good marketing. Now, not here, not here in New Mexico, that's asking way, way too much, but this is an article that ran in uh, Just the News, great website, more of a straight news, Eh, maybe a little slight conservative right leaning, but uh, you're gonna get a lot more straight facts from them than you will from say the New York Times. Republicans, here's the headline, GOP takes voter registration effort two gas stations hoping to turn outrage into political muscle. And I got Eddie, like, this is this is your Wow. Favorite, this wow. Than I will ever know. but wow. what, a, what a stroke of uh, semi genius uh, RNC chairwoman Rona McDaniel announced the effort. Uh, I think this was last weekend after an experiment uh, over the previous weekend. Where did they do the experiment in Arizona? Of course, uh, don't like Biden gas hike uh, gas hike vote the republicans are coming to gas stations nationwide to register voters according to uh, mrs mcdaniel the rnc held three voter registration drives over the weekend near gas stations in phoenix in hopes of turning rising fuel prices into a political cudgel against democrats and their green new deal uh ben peterson the rnc's arizona spokesperson said you wonder if the rnc has a spokesperson in new mexico Uh, arizonans are frustrated with paying the record high gas prices we've seen recently This is an issue that affects almost every single Arizonan. Uh, Eddie, again, you have forgotten more about marketing than I'll ever know. But on the surface, at least, it sounds pretty smart to me.
1: Yeah, no, this makes a lot of sense, Doud. Can you hear me okay? Do I sound okay coming through?
2: Yeah,
1: so uh, I actually met Ben uh, down in Las Cruces. He came in and had a good opportunity to meet him. And, you know, this is just more of that transference to blue collar. Part of what the Republican Party suffers from is uh, two things. Yeah, I'll definitely want to keep that. Yeah, for sure. Just, um, just right there. Thank you. So, what what the Republican Party uh, suffers from is two things, Doubt. and it all has to do with the relationship, the relationship with blue, blue collar workers, which Donald Trump closed the gap with. You might remember Wisconsin, in the Midwest, yep. and the made blue it in the wall USA. Was exactly, and that that's important. And nowhere is that more apparent than at the gas stations. And secondly, is in di- diversity um you'll oftentimes find white uncomfortable republicans uh, in an attempt either at self preservation to sort of weed out the hispanics upstart hispanics where does that hispanic get his uh, you know like me you know the way that i got weeded out by a very racist bernalillo county republican party and they are very racist john rockwell and the like and his ilk uh, there, I think, have uh, done everything they possibly can. They would do well to go ahead and uh, pay their reparations towards the one Luis Sanchez and you know the rest of those people uh, who have decided to go ahead and run because it's got to be of their liking. And um, the flip side of that is what's happened in California, what's happened in uh, other states where <clears throat> and you can look at California, the number of Republican candidates in middle and central valley and i have one of my best friends that lives in fresno and he does his show of hometown heroes interestingly enough um and paul Luffler, and they have been they have managed to get republican hispanics republican asians male and female get elected when you reach over and reach across and in terms of diversifying your base, you have to do it on money and you have to do it on race. But without explicitly stating so, because the types of people that really reward republicanism uh, by and large have no have no place in identity politics. They're not interested in that. It's beneath them to talk about money. It's beneath them to talk about race. We don't talk about that as Republicans and what's one of the great things i was reading an article because i wanted to know which presidential candidates and which presidents have actually visited albuquerque versus el paso and it's really interesting to me uh, to note just how much el paso was treated in terms of its pride of hispanic heritage whereas new mexico has been treated sort of as a stepchild of the federal government due, due to the amount of money we're blowing stuff up and you know turning it into a petri dish in new mexico whereas the Hispanic traditions in El Paso have remained and Ronald Reagan came down here he didn't just offer lip service he actually got it done and if you speak to Luis Sanchez and other Hispanics they never talk about the fact that I'm the first Hispanic this or the first Hispanic that have you ever heard me at any point ever say I'm the first this or the first Hispanic anything I never even refer to my own race because the brand of republicans that actually uh, wins out never refers to race they talk about middle class which is something that we have completely and totally left behind no it's not faith it's not family it's not freedom that's virtue signaling a a form of racism and if you don't think that that's a form of racism faith family and freedom then you don't understand that just anybody can be a republican people from broken families people who don't have people who have checkered backgrounds some of the best Republicans that we have ever seen come from checkered past and I think we need to start embracing that and when you start getting down uh, sort of uh, in the pits so to speak of where we all you know inevitably have to congregate every single one of those people who has to drive go to work and come down and then spend you know in Arizona I recently put in gas for 449. if that doesn't impact you If you're telling me I'm going to trade, you know, Joe Q public, my six pack of beer for one gallon of gas. That hurts people where they have. Ronna McDaniel's brilliant. Langston was very, you know, I did speak to Langston today. I want to say something here. When you hear me talk about, when you hear me get angry like the way I am right now, it, it boils my blood to know that the Republican Party of the state of New Mexico decided to fire the one lone black guy. And Langston Bowens, who is heading up the Trump campaign for Bernalillo County, you have a racist party. And when you treat a guy like me the way that you did over the last two years during that very same time, you have a racist party. So, to take a page out of the Arizona Republican Party and other Republican parties across the state of New Mexico, and we don't have one Hispanic, we don't have one Hispanic running for governor, folks, in the Republican Party. Can you tell me why that is? Can you tell me why that is? you know that a Republican Hispanic would get elected in this state tomorrow and the only candidate that they had was me? Do you think we're going ha- to get a chance at that uh, right now with things going? What happened to, to my my I won't say protege because he wasn't that he was a guy that worked with me. And that was links. What happened to him was nothing uh, short of sacrilege. And the things that they accused him, the way that they tart and feathered him, the way that they tarted feathered me during that entire time. We better we best clear that out. What of a majority minority state, 54% of this state is Hispanic. And I hope, Luis Sanchez, you're listening to me loud and clear out there when you hear this. We don't talk about race, but I believe here in the state of New Mexico, it's time that we start talking about where the racism is, where it lies. We don't need any more great white hopes to come and save us. Harrison Smith is a big, a big listener of this radio station. He, of course, was a sitting senator. Ronald Reagan went out to Roswell to go ahead and start... uh, and he's a great man. He's a guy who uh, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he go to the moon? Yeah, I think he, he went walked to the moon. on the moon he did yes. yeah. I mean, Harrison is a great guy. I've talked to one him one of a only times four
2: men that. still alive who have walked on the moon. We're down to four of them left. Think about
1: that for a second. If you don't understand that the only way back for the Republican Party is going to be through a Hispanic and right now you only got one person and it ain't going to be a former Democrat and Michelle Garcia Holmes. it's going to be a Luis Sanchez. You know the great thing that's uh, that's helping Louis Sanchez right now is the fact that there's a Democrat running around with the name Louis Sanchez and CD one that's going to end up helping because because there's there's so many low information voters in the state of New Mexico. We,
2: we do have a think
1: votes. about that. I mean, that's 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 kind of amazing, mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. all about the South Valley. So um, you know, I, I just want to reiterate these points that I think are so salient and important. Um, you could have had a great. You could have had a great mayor. You could have had a great CD1. I'm glad I don't have to run for any of this crap anymore. I can get out and go do all these things and help all these other candidates. But Michelle Lujan Grisham must just love the fact, love the fact that there's not a Hispanic uh, gubernatorial candidate that's going to end up running against her. And you well, might any, want to I, think about that way. And let me tell you let me tell you one one more time how racist the Republican Party is and has been. Pay attention who's running for lieutenant governor. Using token people to come in, and Ant is a good guy, but to to basically put forth as a racist sort of statement that we will take this, but we won't take that. Think about how that looks towards Hispanics. Think how many times have Hispanics been marginalized, Dowd? And you know, I never talk about race. I don't think I've ever talked about race. It's true. I I just don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. But what must it be like? For you Hispanics out there, starting to realize that, how come the Hispanics don't have a place in the Republican Party in the state of New Mexico? You ever thought about that? Think long, think hard, and then think about why this state doesn't flip. Uh, People almost think that being Catholic and being Hispanic is synonymous with the Democrat Party. There is not a man, woman, or child out there who's Hispanic, who's Catholic, that doesn't want to become a Republican, but they realize that they are not put in high regard. So, you know what? A big middle finger to your faith, family, and freedom, be a bullcrap that you guys keep running. Your diversity, if you want to start engaging some level of homosexuality within the Republican Party instead of Hispanics, if you want to start engaging you know, 2.6% of the population because you want to bring in some blacks uh, in to go ahead and do it, and you still want to marginalize the Hispanics. Um, I- I'm sorry. The last uh, big... Hispanic Republican. Does anybody know who that was? Quite possibly one of our best statesmen of all time. That would be Manuel Lujan. People need to think about that. Who's he directly? I mean, going way back. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's yeah. a guy. There's a guy who was unchallenged. You couldn't mess with him. You couldn't. You couldn't beat him on his worst day and your best day. That's that's the type of tradition that we had, and the Republican Party gave that away for the racism that had, got ushered in from everything from Gary Johnson to, you know I mean, you name it. Susanna Martinez, okay. Hey, come on, how does that not work? But you can't just go in with female Hispanics all day long. We need male Hispanics. Who's the head of the household? We are very traditional. I just told you, we don't have LGBTQ down here in El Paso. We don't have any of this stuff. There's the man of the house, there's a the man in the family. That's the way that it works. Mm-hmm. They don't like this. They don't like a male Hispanic, and that's just the way that it is.
2: Well, Eddie, I, I've heard from people over the years, you know, I'm not connected politically, but I do speak to people who are connected politically. And the message I get is is basically that the, the powers that be, if you can even call them that in a state with a party that barely exists, uh, you've got white older man Yeah, you got Harp,
1: you got Harvey, you got Harvey Yates. You yep. have Pat Rogers. You have Gary Johnson. Um, we have Steve Pierce. Yep. Uh, look, yep. can, can we just go down the list? But I've what, heard what, what do they what do they do to John Sanchez? They tarred oh, and feathered him.
2: Sure, sure. Uh, I've heard from people who are I would call them party hacks, but good good people. They they still believe in in political success. I, I think we need cultural change more than political change, but we'll get political change after we get cultural change. But anyway, I've heard from people over the years that uh, it's a very white insular yes older male rural New Mexico party it yes. just doesn't doesn't care about reaching out and they're just they're not bright enough to figure right. out that with almost half the population here being of a certain ethnicity they got to do a, a much better a, a much better job and I didn't see us going in this direction Eddie but the, the next item on uh, my political list here there's a couple of political stories and this is this is stunning because traditionally you know, I've looked at polling data over the decades and Basically, domestic issues, you know, education, healthcare uh, who's going to take care of grandma, protecting Social Security from those horrible free market guys. That, the Democratic Party has owned those issues where the Republican Party has had the advantage in foreign policy and kind of wallet pocketbook issues. That's been the, the broad distinction between those two parties. New data came out just I think it was I got this article last night from, from Rasmussen Polling. The Republicans, and this ties directly to what you're talking about, Eddie, because minorities—call them minorities—a terrible word—they're Americans in this country. Care about we're, education? We're,
1: we're not a minority in, in New Mexico. Not not New
2: Mexico, no. Uh, you care about education, and we know that the number one, by in terms of race and, and gender, the number one participant in the workforce by those categories in America, by your ethnicity and your gender, is a is a Hispanic male. Uh, they want opportunity for their children. Forty-three percent of likely U.S. voters polled said they trust Republicans more than Democrats to handle education issues. That is a seven-point advantage over the Democrats at thirty-six percent for uh, advantage. Seven-point advantage for Republicans. As I said, traditionally these domestic, uh, soft issues—healthcare, education—the Democrats have owned this issue. Uh, right now, broadly speaking, uh, the Republican Party is more trusted on in education independence significantly uh, 42 percent of independents said republicans were better off on education 58 percent of all likely voters said uh, the quality of uh, what i would say government schools others might say public schools in america is worse getting worse 48 percent, the republicans maybe just by default have stumbled into an advantage that they've never had on the education issue Which here in New Mexico, when you have Republicans in in the roundhouse voting to enhance and expand the existing failed system, what if they had this polling data and said, you know what, people are really aware of how terrible these systems are. We've got the edge on education. We've got the edge on taking people in a different direction, exposing uh, 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 critical race theory, exposing the unions, exposing the greed of that. Um, If I'm a Republican operative in Washington, I'm looking at this polling data, Eddie, I'm licking my chops because Republicans have never had an edge on education, but that's how badly these kook progressives have mangled right. things when it comes to schools so i mean that ties exactly into what you're talking about here in new mexico now we're talking about the new mexico republican party which never misses an opportunity to miss an opportunity so they'll probably bungle this they already did by giving the teacher unions everything they wanted up at the roundhouse but this is a sea <clears throat> change eddie i'm somebody who's looked at these all these broad polling trends for decades republicans have the edge in education are they smart enough to use it
1: Well, I'll tell you, uh, Dowd, we would be if we decided to go ahead and get rid of the Department of Education. Uh, There is no education department that should be run either by the state or by the federal government. Um, I'll give you a case in point. Uh, For example, my kids don't go to public school, and they are further bolstered by the fact that I have them going through my own curriculum, which is Khan Academy. And there's no better teachers. uh, And you know this uh, by virtue of the fact that you basically schooled your nephew. On this uh, you aren't going to know how well your children are doing until you have them doing the work that you're doing i don't care if your child is being taught in one of 10 environment or one of 40 environment you just aren't going to know and for us to uh finally get to the point where we're having this conversation and you can go back i think a few weeks back on our notes doubt and look at that uh how much school choice was a big deal uh up in santa fe you know people we've got our, 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 ourselves to a point uh, here in the state where even liberals want school choice they don't like what they're getting from their public educational system they're spending um, copious amounts of money if you will because when you're rich you have copious amounts of money you can talk about it in terms of uh, like farm feed and hay and everything else I mean it sort of is that kind of that quantity and what do they throw their money at I mean these late 40 early 50 parents of uh, five, six, seven, eight year olds they're sending their kids to academies in Santa Fe for like 20, 30 grand a year, folks. They're doing that. But what they're also doing, they just have so much money, is they're also paying into the tax base for the Santa Fe public schools. And the Santa Fe public schools, as we have figured out, have one of the worst graduation rates in the entire country at 63%. Our entire state um, actually increased to upwards of 68, 69%, but never kind of crossed over to that. So if seven out of 10, or three out of 10 children that go into the public school system are failing, it's time to remove that public school system because that's not passable d plus is not going to work if they still grade it on an a through m if you're looking at uh, some of the uh, rates in other places where they're totally federalized uh, inner city detroit uh, inner city new york inner city wherever uh, poverty stricken places uh, the dropout rates are comparable to what we see in rural uh, parts of New Mexico and much of the Albuquerque public school system. So to say that we can continue to throw money at it, I think it's the wrong solution. The right thing is to have the money, and that is the platform message. Uh, certainly, if one Greg Czinnetti, he's been out there talking about it, having the money follow children in school choice. I think you're going to be surprised to see in this year's uh, debates uh, when the gubernatorial run kind of gets uh, uh, going uh, with whoever the Republican candidate happens to be. Uh, versus michelle lujan grisham that the concept of school choice will inevitably come up and with that uh, being said michelle lujan grisham's already put one foot in the grave on that for herself by giving everybody free education uh over at the university of new mexico so if you're giving everybody free college isn't that the same as, as having school choice if you're guaranteeing education for everyone Doesn't that mean uh, guaranteeing education for anyone? If I was debating her, I'd flip the script on her and I said, well, if everyone's getting free education what's the difference between me handing you the money uh, anyway and us just getting them? You wouldn't have to have people pay into an educational system that's free and incentivized from the government as it is. There would be just simply no reason anymore to take people's property taxes uh, any longer. On that stuff, which I believe is 75 cents on the dollar you would simply flip it back and say you don't have to pay This property tax are not going to be as high We want to invite more people to do and you get to go and choose which school that you want to go to We spend an inordinate amount of time down as you know or Inordinate amount of money, excuse me as you know uh, of our budget I think uh, we're upwards of two billion dollars in the state of Mexico on education with nothing to show for it I don't care how much Joe Monahan or Brian Colon or Michelle Luhan Grisham talk about uh, the kids and being first and uh, uh, children first. Uh, It's been anything but. Remember, the biggest political class in the state of New Mexico is the teachers' union, run by Ellen Bernstein. And her ilk, not just from Albuquerque, but throughout the rest of the state. And they vote for one side of the ticket with school boards and city councils and its town mayors that, that ultimately have the biggest impact on the state of New Mexico. And only they can put a stop to whatever the governor and the legislature is trying to put force down their throats, which generally is mostly liberal um, policies that are uh, uh, creating huge problems for uh, our society here in the state.
2: Well, I'm glad to hear you mentioned Khan Academy because that thing cuts across any any kind of uh, race creed color ideology my nephew uh, he took i think he took his first PSATs uh, and got his score back and you know he's a very ambitious young man he's a little bit of a intellectual perfectionist and he wants to get his numbers on the SATs up even higher he's actually taking some con courses For SAT preparation, which I thought Khan was more of a younger kid kind of thing. But apparently they even they go right up through high school, uh, including preparation for the SAT and and the ACT, the the big ones. But school choice, it's it's, it's amazing to me, Eddie, how Republicans in this state respond to just the education issue generally. They are so uh, unable, uh, unable to really see something and offer something better. They are so terrified of nasty editorials on the editorial page and all the flyers that will be sent out by the teacher union against their candidates saying this person voted against education, this candidate uh, or this incumbent voted against a teacher raise. Um, there are many, 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 many concepts and policies that have been out there for a long, long time that are actually far better, far better than just enhancing a unionized government monopoly uh, and smart, smart candidates, a lot of their free market, pro-education choice Republicans out there. Uh, I have yet to meet very many of them actually in New Mexico. They, they do exist in America. School choice, you want to talk about polling. Uh, we are talking about just broadly speaking, the education, education policy broadly. School choice polls through the roof. Uh, every poll you've ever seen, uh, it, it cuts across every group. Uh, instead, Republicans, instead of embracing that school choice model here, and, and I'm really glad to hear you talk about the governor candidates because I think it's going to have to come from above because it sure as heck isn't going to bubble up from below because these candidates are clueless, clueless. They all just, all the incumbents just voted to give an, a $10,000 raise to to the for every uh, dues payer of the teacher union. Uh, school choice polls through the roof. Don't accept their language. Don't accept their arguments. Say, we are offering you something better. And maybe, maybe just maybe... Hispanic people in New Mexico might say, oh, the Republicans aren't all white, rich racists. Maybe they're offering a better opportunity for my kids. And it just, Eddie, drives me absolutely crazy that we don't have anybody courageous enough to to come forward on that at the, at the state legislature level. Uh, if it comes from above by the nominee this year, I will praise whoever that nominee is.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, I think one of the things that we get with the bully pulpit, uh, however small or big you think the kiva is, is we have the ability to mold, uh, mold and uh, sort of direct, uh, I think, a proper direction because we've got no skin in the game. We're not running for office. We have no interest uh, in a permanent uh, sort of sense of space. We can pick up, move everywhere. My kids are halfway through their schooling uh, as it were, and um, you know, I'm happy to go ahead and pick up sticks and move from uh, New Mexico. So be it. But I got to tell you, um, if it's not part of the platform, somehow it's not getting in, and we need to figure out a way to capitalize on what has been happening to the shutdown on our schools and the shutdown and the forced vaccinations on their kids. Those are the two things that have impact. well, and the forced masking, uh, I should say, psychologically. I'm not a psychologist, psychiatrist. There's no way for me to really, truly assess what has happened there. But um, I can only uh, suggest to you in as strongly the words as possible. And I'm going to start putting out false reports. I had this idea uh, today. I said, I'm going to just start making up news, just like everybody else. And I'm going to start writing <laughs> up really news. St- <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and start writing news stories about how... Um, when you mask, when you wear your mask while you're walking your dog, how your dog over a prolonged period of time will start hating people because mm-hmm. it's only, it's not going to recognize faces. Now, it's that's just totally, science. yeah, it's just science, right? It's like totally erroneous and false, but it's believable. But what will I be able to do? I'll be able to get liberals who hate children uh, to go ahead and start coming to the other side and to most notably, uh, you know, take off their masks. Or if I were to say that if you wear your mask, you're, ten times less likely to have you know sex or something along those lines or if you wear your mask you're actually talking uh, more about how ugly you are and it's proven and here's this here's the data i mean we can make these sort of weird reports and the, the point that i'm making in all of this is we know that there are things that have impacted our children um, beyond um, your ability to perceive what that impact is You know it in your gut, you know it without reading the stats, you know that it's ultimately impacting them, but the only reason, the only reason you have forced your kids into situations where they have forced masks, forced backs, is all having to do with the public educational system to which we spend one-third of our entire budget. Think of it like a prison, there'd be no difference. The difference between an inmate, where they're letting people out, and the children, where they're forcing kids to stay in and all can only bend in, in in these cubes who actually has it better the prisoners than the kids i've thought about that so many times i got to tell you I doubt and i thought wow it's a great time to be a prisoner it's a terrible time to be a a, a student particularly in the state of new mexico
2: I, I i hear you uh we're almost out of time we're going to do our top five but i want to do very quickly for people who haven't seen this story uh, didn't get as much play, I think, as the as the Donald Trump lawsuit uh, against uh, you know who. Stormy Daniels has been ordered to pay former Donald <laughs> President Donald Trump nearly three hundred thousand dollars in lawyer fees after losing her legal appeals. Uh, in a case uh, involving Trump that rocked the adult film star into the, rocketed the adult film star into the I like rock.
1: No, no, no. I like rocked it. Rocked it. Rocked the well, adult gotta film give,
2: star. I got to give my my former president. I got to read the uh, the recent ruling. Uh, his his statement. Of course, I guess he can't be on Twitter. He issued a statement instead. Uh, the Ninth Circuit just issued a final ruling in the Stephanie Clifford, AKA Stormy Daniels, frivolous lawsuit case against me brought by her disgraced lawyer he always has to have an adjective with 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 whoever he's talking about he can't just name a name he has to associate some kind of negativity with him uh, upholding the lower court ruling that she owes me nearly three hundred thousand dollars in attorney's fees as i have stated many times throughout the years i never had an affair with stormy daniels and here's <coughs> classic donald trump nor would i have ever wanted to <laughs> Can't, he just can't help himself. Uh the ruling was a total and complete victory and vindication for and of me. So uh yes, he's not on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. But Donald Trump is still being Donald Trump uh when he issues these statements. So uh let's let's give our uh, our former president a little credit for for winning that one. And I, I never believed Stormy. I don't I don't have any particular allegiance to Donald Trump, but uh, uh doubt,
1: I have a question for you. Do you know why a dog licks its you know what?
2: Yeah, uh, we do. Yes, yes, exactly.
1: So uh, for statements to come out like that and to even respond, uh, this is the type of thing that I worry so much about Trump about. I was having a conversation. Okay. Let sleeping dogs lie. Don't Mm -hmm. touch it. You won, walk away. Mm -hmm. And so many times it was, it's just completely down, totally unnecessary to even comment on something. In my opinion, that's so beneath the office, so beneath a man like Donald Trump, and every time he comments on that, he just brings him himself um, I mean, to the point of even, even saying the word stormy. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: You know what I'm saying? Why? Yeah, why? Mean, yeah. why does he even need to touch it? We'll make, just,
2: uh, you're making the argument that I think it was the running back Eric Dickerson used to make, which is when you cross the goal line with the football, don't go into these elaborate dances. Act like you've been there before in the end zone because that's where you always are. The wisdom of Eric Dickerson.
1: There we are. All right, top five as brought to you by the uh, Rock of Talk dot chat. Uh, lay it yeah, down for us.
2: Uh, uh, Rock of Talk dot chat, of course, you want to go there uh, uh, and, and sign up 19.6 cents today, ladies and gentlemen. Number one story Albuquerque is a smart city. That was the one that interested you folks the most. Uh, We talked about that in our first hour and you can get our our comments on that uh, by signing up and get the podcast. Number two, the Elephant Butte Irrigation District. uh, It is facing another tough water year. I think the whole state is facing another tough uh, water year. Number three, maybe we can talk about this tomorrow. The New Mexico State Investment Council is withdrawing $8 million of their investments in Russian stocks and bonds. More virtue signaling. uh, Don't get me started on that. Uh, Number four, Belgium goes the Nevada way and they have decriminalized uh, ladies of the night, uh, or as uh, Mel Tillis called it, commercial affection. I think that probably is uh, however much we may not like that industry. It's better than having the violence and the drug addiction and all that kind of stuff. And Nevada gets this, this one right. You
1: know what, you know what, Daud, what, One One thing on that, we should legalize everything and we should have no rehabilitation for anything.
2: You and I agree on that big time. No, No. (sighs) exactly. Absolutely. If you want to destroy yourself some way, whatever, go ahead, but don't do it on my dime. And number five, most click story. Great piece. uh, Why President Biden's climate goals are fictional uh, from our friends over at the American Institute for Economic Research. Uh, Folks, I am continually impressed. You're clicking on Dowd's uh, extra clicks in addition to the top 10 clicks. So apparently I'm kind of tied into the audience. They're interested in what I'm interested in. Very cool. Very cool.
1: I don't know what we're listening to, but I know it's good. Eric, good job on the show. Dowd, fantastic job as always. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We didn't even get to your comments and all your texts today because uh, I just didn't pick it up. But uh, we'll see you tomorrow bright and early for our Friday show, 4 p.m. right here in the Kiva. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in.
3: Trips which those who go must take on the long break. On department, we look like found in peace. This is the Rock of Talk.